0: Let me uh, clear my throat. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, great. I know. Fantastic. <laughs> the baby and the baby with the baby of the,
1: the, the baby. Babies cry. The baby, babies cry.
2: Find a spot around the fireplace, you goons. It's time for another tale of casual master quest.
0: aloha everybody come on in the fire is welcoming there's dusty furniture to sit on get campy get comfortable quest hall is over in the back where all the challenges will be given by myself tyler with a metaphorical rose in his mouth and a glimmer in his eyes here is nick our beautiful guild poster boy
1: hello welcome to the great, what get, guild hall
0: welcome to the guild
1: hall oh you That's do it
0: you am gonna say you had one job you, you, I had, one job. You I, both I, I had one job. I understand you had a metaphorical rose in your mouth and you're trying to talk through it. Well, you on. know what happens with uh, with roses
1: and thorns is you know, they prick you
0: and you're so you got like a, a really bloody greeting going
1: on. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: And making sure our guild doesn't go into immediate bankruptcy and the Vita powered lights stay on. Our treasurer watches carefully from the shadows. Cam! Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? okay this is casual master quest number 12 the only podcast whose treasurer will enter a burning building to save a playstation vita would you actually do that yeah no definitely <laughs> like, it, <laughs> like you uh, know, i'm, I'm kind of curious now like on your point of view how that would work so
2: consoles as i said before consoles are more important than human life so considering that right anyone yeah, who does before yeah anyone who'd yeah. run in to save a baby for example you know oh no my baby's stuck in the fire you got to run and save him me for a vita now I would say originally i'd probably get the vita out beforehand but no i'd, I'd run into a burning building yeah i, I just because, imagine because
1: you're with the storm factor you can just slip into your pocket as you run exactly. out
2: exactly it's much easier than a baby Bab- babies
0: are unwieldy and you know a little awkward so i imagine yeah. you walking down the sidewalk you see a burning fire uh, fire are just shooting like crazy at this thing all of a sudden you hear the low battery notification of the playstation vita and you're like I must save it! <laughs> no! <laughs> the Vita lives! And you jump face first and... <laughs> uh, I can, I can see it. Okay, so how's everybody doing?
2: Good. It's good, it's good. A little rush getting here. It was definitely down to the wire for me. Yeah, no kidding.
0: I'm, we had a I'm, wild week. Did we? I th- Well, I did. I had, a, uh, <laughs> I had a family member pass away and that oh, was... Right, yes. yeah. so, I know, I bring that one up. Ugh. It wasn't well. Ex- that's it
1: for the show, folks. Yeah, have a good.
0: I know, right? I, I love bringing the mood way up and then just skyrocketing it down just to see what happens. Uh, so far, we're flatlining. Nick, what's been going on over on your end? <laughs> um, I'm alive, you are alive. alive is- last yes,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> no, just school. Um, it, it's finals are right around the corner starting in a few weeks. Um, and I've just been playing a lot of, lot of Destiny 2.
0: But I do appreciate and this is for the audio listeners. I noticed that Nick's eyes keep darting over to a different screen. For no particular reason, of course. What you looking at over there, Nick? Um right
1: now as we are recording the Overwatch League finals are happening. Oh my God. Um and while I am properly committed to this, I <laughs> I, I I do feel obligated to keep an eye out because, A, I play Overwatch a lot. Um, my team that I support made it to the finals, and there's like six seed out of like the 12 teams that are there, and they're playing one of the um, three all-Korean teams. And as we know, not to be stereotypical, but South Koreans generally are known to be good. Very oh, good yeah. no, Not even stereotyping. You know,
2: it's hard-coded in.
0: Um, it's, it's just, uh... It's,
1: <laughs> they're born with it. Right to yeah, the
0: genes. Are... <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, yeah. It's just weird because maybe it was just me. I was always told that, and this is a stereotype, I'm sure, that uh, Japanese players were typically worse at shooter games because they weren't used to it compared to other types of games. And I would have thought that would have extended over to the, uh, the rest of uh, the Far East. So for some reason, it just throws, throws me off that a shooter game would uh, be their forte
2: still. I know, so in terms of shooter games, I think like on average, you know, Japanese players don't play many shooter games compared to other genres. Uh, That's actually one of the reasons why Microsoft does so poorly in that region, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also, of course, because of other reasons, because Microsoft's not a Japanese company and that's a big thing over there. But uh, another part of it too is more so that, yeah, no, just in general with uh, when it comes to other genre games, even fighting games, for example, there's generally considered to be, okay, there's the Western players of fighting games, and then you can go fight the Japanese players who will
0: blow you up no matter what what every single time like it's a different league it's a different league it's a uh, story time let, let the campfire uh, flare up a little bit as nick would request there was a time when i had an xbox 360 for about four to six months and it was fun i had halo 3 i was really enjoying it i was also during uh or i was it was during the U stage that i had like super heavy oh man i, I cursed my heritage and i wish i lived and was born in japan kind of thing and so i was like I want to play a japanese Wait, player you still
1: you still don't curse your heritage and wish you live in japan
0: yeah come on man i know i know well that's weak <laughs> i try to recover man. <laughs> no recovery that's weak you go in and, deeper and so i googled so many different ways of how to play with fellow japanese halo players <laughs> and <laughs> there is backed away and so i had to change my entire system to the japanese format and there were two of them was a, it was a terrible idea Understand how to navigate over to Halo Three, and somehow get onto online for you know Slayer. And as Cam would suggest, there was quite a few, as in just a few. Yeah, there was like three or four that I was playing on <laughs> Halo. And I'm like, what? This is it? Like we had to get like a, like almost a custom match, and they were terrible. Oh yeah. And that I think that's what cemented my uh, concept that Japanese players aren't as good at shooters as other things because of my one experience of trying to weeaboo my way over to the Japanese servers of the Xbox 360, which, uh, honestly, I think the Sahara Desert probably had more players on the uh, 360 than Japan. <laughs>
2: and funny enough, funny enough, actually, considering you were playing in the 360, which sold the best in Japan among those three systems, like the Xbox One and the original and uh, then 360. So, like, that was the best selling in Japan. So that gives you an idea. Gives oh, you
0: yeah. An idea. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, as the new tradition now dictates, we are going to be immediately going into the Pokemon Go watch. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy Pokemon Go, congratulations, you are at the right place. And if not, welcome to the right place. You're going to be enjoying yourself so much time or so much fun, so much time to have here. Don't worry, not too much time. Nick, give us your Pokemon Go minute. Um,
1: nothing I've not played much Pokemon Go. I haven't been out of my house much. I haven't been to any Pokestops. I haven't gotten any gifts. I haven't caught any Pokemon. I That's feel scary. really bad because I haven't like sent anything to
0: anybody in a while, but. Yeah, I noticed uh, th- this almost feels like a cursed moment, but Cam's been g- me giving me more gifts than you have. Like, I'm starting to get worried like, Do I have to call in and make sure that you're alive well mind you just
1: purely because I haven't been getting to school as much because we're in that phase now where it's just like kind of study at home work on projects and then study for finals so I haven't had really a reason to leave the house and I'm like stocked up like I do groceries once a week so I don't have to really ever leave the house like I just cook or like chuck a frozen pizza into the oven
0: so using pokemon go uh gift giving and receiving shouldn't be my way of declaring whether or not your 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 well-being is okay no, just shoot me a message. I think that's probably the safest bet first. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm pretty low income when it comes to like, oh, man, I hope Nick's fine. And you should probably also give me about 24 hours to reply because I am horrible that way. I take forever to
1: reply to anything.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like so negative in that way that generally if somebody doesn't ask me a question specifically, I will just not respond. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> it <stinks laughs> because there's been a lot of times where people ask me questions, yes or no, or say something and they expect a reply. But instead, I just nod at my phone. It's like, mm, yes, I agree. <laughs> it's like, then like eight hours, like, what do you think? And like, I oh, yeah, I was supposed to say something, wasn't I? I wasn't supposed to, like, telepathically send a message. like, yeah, I agree. I, yep, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's OK. Uh, Cam, you, what's been going on your end for the Pokemon Go world? Uh,
2: not much. So I've had a lot of days off from contract work recently. So I've been that's actually why I've been giving you more gifts is because I've been hitting more Pokestops and actually getting gifts. Ooh, so I've, I've had enough to pass them all around. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, been going on runs pretty much and playing while I go, hatching eggs faster, uh, things like that. Nothing particularly special. Haven't hit any raids recently. I just kind of, it's why I'm behind everybody in terms of level who played as much as I do, because I just play every day casually. I don't really go out much anymore and go hardcore on it. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Myself, uh, I have, uh, for the, the most of the news front, it's pretty mediocre information. I haven't gotten that much, caught a few Pokemon. I think the most notable thing would be the Alolan Raichu from the uh, three-star raid, which I was very excited for. In fact, that's my uh, wallpaper when I got the new phone, because, you know, I, I love Alolan Raichu. And uh, one it's of really my cool friends... Design. What's up?
1: It was really cool design when they announced it. Oh, uh, yeah. wasn't how I felt about it. And then in-game, Alolan Raichu is actually, like, really quick. And I'm talking about, like, uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Not...
0: um yeah and uh i have a, f- a friend who called me last night he's like hey i know you haven't been able to go to the x raids i got two Mewtwo's. once we get best friend status i want to trade one to you and i'm like okay sure
2: yeah. that actually reminds me i got a, my third ex raid pass i did do that so i did actually do one raid because i hit registeel i think that was last last weekend though yeah that was before last recording but i got an ex raid pass off of that so that's good too uh, nice. i already have two Mewtwo, but that hopefully will be my third
0: oh ooh, i'm jealous man i really want a mewtwo i've been wanting a mewtwo since uh you know i started the game and uh on the darker side we have mentioned this topic before uh about my phone carrier provider who whispered dark tales into my ears about yes. the uh the evil side i uh i decided that i do not want to do that for my main account gonna leave it alone because a probably gonna get banned almost immediately and b I really enjoyed the idea of uh, playing the spark clean cut. However, for the sakes of craps and giggles, I uh, decided to pull out a random account and see how far down the rabbit hole I can go with this. And uh, that is GPS spoofing. And that is some crazy stuff. That is dark stuff, man. Like anybody who actually uses that to like progress the game is that that ruins it. Like it takes the, uh, the joy out of everything because like, uh, I guess because I used to do the whole botting thing back, like, you know, when it first started. I'm not proud of it. And obviously, those accounts are long gone. But I realized that I do enjoy the idea of walking. I feel appreciated when I complete a Pokemon gym or go to a raid and we all meet up and do stuff. And GPS spoofing, it's, it just loses all that magic immediately. It turns it from a social, commutative experience to, like, oh, let me sit in this chair and. Move this little virtual thumbstick and catch ratataz, and that's my joy. It and It becomes
2: then, like, why are you playing it at that point?
0: It exactly. It's kind of like what you said on Twitter. Why, yeah, why, yeah. Why am I playing the. And so I don't think it's going to last for long for me because it's going to kill the game if I play it. The mm-hmm. you know, leveling of this character somewhere in the middle of, uh, somewhere in like Northeast Europe. <laughs> Just Some random place that uh apparently has a lot of poke stops, and I'm like, Oh, I'll catch you a Pokemon. This is fun. I can never trade these because I feel like it's going to immediately get my account banned. So, what's the point of doing this? And so, that's uh, that's the Pokemon Go watch, uh, probably five <laughs> five minutes right there. <laughs> let's uh, let's put that one to rest, Nick. What have you been playing, buddy?
1: Um, as I mentioned earlier, Destiny 2, really? Destiny 2, Destiny 2.
0: Is that Destiny a new game? To- did that just come out? Brand new game. It's
1: actually, I'm actually in the uh, closed beta. It's actually coming out September 4th and it's launching not as Destiny 2, but as Destiny 2 Forsaken. Stop. Uh,
0: Does that come <laughs> with uh, an expansion pack where we're supposed to forget every single thing that happened about Destiny up until that point? I've Does never heard of that interest? game. This is
1: just Destiny 2. It's a brand new game that's launching as Destiny 2: Forsaken. Okay. Um, <laughs>
0: whatever <laughs> okay. helps to sleep at night, so, man. So I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna go on my on my own like like little mini rant here about Destiny 2. Go for um, it.
0: Destiny, Destiny 1, rant minute.
1: Destiny one. Towards towards the end of its life cycle, um, year three as we called it. Uh, there was a lot of imbalances, be it with uh, weapons and uh, player abilities, class abilities, subclass abilities. Bungie just had a very poor, did a very poor job of balancing things and communicating things and just getting things deployed on time. To like for a game that has such a big uh, PVP player base, they were shipping out fixes and balances you know six months at a time and you can't do that for a game that had like such a big concurrent player base and so what happened with destiny 2 is they wanted to reinvent everything essentially they kept right. the lore the mystery of the lore the way you do things to some extent uh, the same or they uh, made it better uh, the core gun play the, the way guns feel and how you move through the space is fantastic. They did a fantastic job with that. But when it came to player abilities, to weapon balancing, to what the weapon meta uh, settled to, They did a horrible job. So they had a weapon system where you'd have a primary weapon, like an assault rifle, a a burst rifle, which we called pulse rifle, a scout rifle, a hand cannon, which was just a pistol, um, or a sidearm, which was like a smaller pistol, but didn't hit as hard and didn't have as much range. And then you'd have a secondary weapon, like a shotgun, a sniper rifle, and a few other things. And then you'd have a heavy weapon, um, which was a rocket launcher and a light machine gun. So in a PvP game, you'd have... uh, heavy ammo drop once or twice a map a match that everybody could collect and that you know activated a few minutes of frenzy but otherwise people had to rely on their primary and secondary weapons mm-hmm. um and so this you know we had a shotgun meta we had a sniper meta we had all sorts of like weapon combinations that were just fun to play and fun to do things around um and then year three of destiny one that sort of um you know uh went all, went to hell because uh, some, uh, w- what you call it, character abilities, subclass abilities were being abused, some weapon types were being abused, and Bungie did a very poor job of balancing. Now when we come to Destiny 2, what Bungie did was they changed the weapon system. So now you had um, shotguns, rocket launchers, sniper rifles all lumped into one um, uh, category, and they renamed into the heavy ammo category, basically. So I, I understand the logic because they wanted to force it uh, to come down to player skill and not to like the kinds of weapons they were using necessarily. Like for example, I know I can outshoot most other players with a with a pistol or with an assault rifle. Oh but man, the moment they have confidence there, don't you? To some extent, I have confidence. I'm not like a great player, but I know I can do quite well. But the moment they pick up uh, ammo for a rocket launcher, I lose. And when that happens so often, it gets frustrating. And on the pve side rocket launchers and sniper rifles should not be in the same category just because of the amount of dps that they do mm. right um, and so they made like a lot of questionable choices when it came to the weapon slot management a lot of questionable choices with um a lot of quality of life things that they uh, removed from the game destiny one had private matches destiny 2 they had to add private matches in really yeah so it didn't come with the base game which made no sense um and a lot of it seems like bungie were being forced to make decisions and forced to put out a game probably because of activision i
0: feel or like I the next. more than likely i wouldn't doubt that one bit and i, can't, it's I always can't
1: the publisher's fault <laughs> i can't put all the blame on bungie uh but i can't take a lot of it away from bungie they made a lot of questionable choices and i feel like if we had more time or if sorry not if we if they had more time i would be okay with them taking two years between destiny 2 destiny 1 and destiny 2 and giving out like a game that we deserve what destiny <laughs> forsaken is going to be
0: that's totally understandable, Nick. But mm-hmm. it's you can wait. The stock and shareholders cannot wait, and exactly. neither can yeah. the publisher. So the problem is,
1: so while I understand that from the stocks, the shareholders, the publisher, what a lot of gaming companies don't realize is whatever they do for the consumer in the long run will give them will have the better payout. A lot of public, a lot of gaming, a lot of the gaming industry are only worried about what will give them the best payout right now and which is fine but in the long run if you want to make a business last and if you want to make a game franchise last you need to think about the consumers
0: Hmm. a delayed game is eventually good a bad game is
2: bad forever
1: exactly so destiny 2 forsaken uh, they've, there've been a bunch of, um, uh, patches and a bunch of things they've been changing because there was never any replayability to the game. So they've added a bunch of that. They've added a grind back to the game where you, some people have like their weapons that you have to do from weekly missions, uh, that are super hard and people have done it a hundred times and still not gotten the weapon. Right, so there's a reason to like. There was never any reason to play the game. There, there is a level system in the game, a power level system that doesn't really matter in a lot of situations. So, what's the point of getting to like the level cap? Um, And so they're starting to make that matter. Um, The game modes, PVP game modes in Destiny One used to be six v six. Then they changed it to four v four, which made no sense because all you can do out in the world as a PVE activities are either three v three or six v six. There's nothing you can do four v four. So if you have like a you know four Four of you that play regularly there's you can't do all the things with them at any time whereas in destiny one it was me and two of my friends we did everything regularly and we
0: could do almost anything just the three of us so has bungie uh, announced anything about this being changed in september have they put any mention that's being worked on right now
1: yeah so there's a roadmap there. so they've been a little they've been a lot uh, better you know, actually
0: roadmap? I, I
1: missed that thing not even a 10-year roadmap it's a constantly updated like six month eight month roadmap okay and, they're finally like communicating with us um, better late than ever. Um, but it should have happened a long time ago. They did a player summit where they gathered YouTubers, uh, streamers and other content creators who focus on Destiny in uh, April. Uh, they did it for two or three days where they showcase some of the new stuff that's coming out to them to get their feedback on it. And that should have also happened like years ago, not like now. Um, but again, better late than never. It's happening. Um, the biggest, change, the biggest change that everybody's excited about, a couple of things. There's uh, um, replayability coming back, reason to play the game, weapon slot changes, so it's going to go back. It's going to be a hybrid system of Destiny 1, Destiny 2. Uh, the general reaction to it was quite uh, good. Um, and they're moving their expansion system. So how like, their DLC used to work is you'd uh, pay for expansion 1 and expansion 2 separately or buy them together, and all that money was going to go into uh, creating new... Uh, story content, and other things. More planets. They've changed their mind. They're like, whatever. uh, So here's the annual pass. You pay this much now. You can pay for each individual one. And they're going to go into creating more things to do. We're not going to focus on story anymore right now. We're going to focus on you and giving you a reason to play fair enough. And hopefully yeah. that
0: works. Hopefully I mean- that
1: works. Yes. Um, everybody's really excited. A lot of the things that's been coming on the last few days, there've been a lot of game informer articles. I've not, I could have put them in the news section, but I didn't want to, because I didn't want to spoil things for myself because they've been taking, uh, they've been looking too in depth into the game, into mm. what's coming out. And I, and I want to keep some of that mystery for when I do jump into it on September 4th,
0: okay speaking of in depth i need to get the deepest darkest hottest take given to me by mr cam himself please i asked you before ladies and gentlemen give me the burning fiery passion that is octopath traveler all right what do you want oh it's fun
2: oh it's fun
0: yeah i'm gonna hit you like weird counterpoints of what i'm worried about as an rpg all right let's go okay So Octopath Traveler looks great, but I'm not sure how I feel about playing a game that looks like it should be on the Nintendo. (laughs) Ha! Sorry, I need a little
2: laugh there because no, it does not by any means look like it should be on the Nintendo. I'll tell you this challenge, try and put this on anything short of uh, probably a PS3 or an Xbox 360, it won't happen because there's too much in terms of the effects, there's too much in terms of the, you know, visual after After effects, the bloom and stuff like that, uh, ambient inclusion, things like that to actually run on a system. Like the sprite itself, or this is actually a fun thing. So the sprite itself, because of how shading works and how lighting works in the sprite, it's actually a 3D model. A lot of people are theorizing, we're not a hundred percent sure on this, but because of the way that the light refracts off the characters, um, as they turn around and like move in the world, they might actually just be 3D models that appear to be sprites, which is something that uh, people have, worked on Such a as well
1: beautiful game it's incredibly yeah, it's, beautiful, it's, it's beautiful.
2: you can't it's hard man because hell no, no. i will say you can't of course you can't put it on a super nintendo no way no way no how and the people who've said this game should be 12 or 20 dollars because this is going to take people put out They get people said it should be 20 dollars because it looks like you know it's a sprite based game just that's the worst possible take i've ever heard one of the worst i've ever heard because not only is this something people have to consider is that making sprite based games is not simple it's not like um, we have talked about it before briefly but it's not some sort of simplicity thing that's like somehow leagues below making a 3d game like there are tools that assist you in either case to make it incredibly intuitive to do once you know the system of course once you know the program so it's not by any means less effort put into it god if we were talking about effort just in terms of the amount of content given in the game the amount of detail paid attention to in terms of the NPCs how every NPC because you can ask questions about their persons, you can inquire as one of their abilities Every NPC in the game basically has items that they have on them that you can purchase from them or steal from them um, A backstory as well as sometimes unlocking hidden things and that goes for every every single NPC that you can talk to Wow, yeah, So okay. no, in terms of content. It's it's incredibly full I'm uh, I generally just work through story content in games and then kind of move on and it's it's a 70-hour game I think the,
0: the music's probably just crappy old 8-bit, right?
2: No, no, it's beautiful um, So I'm actually very very partial to vocal tracks. I think vocal tracks are one of my favorite things in terms of game soundtracks to the point where uh. anything to the point where when I hear I make a joke with my friends basically that if something's not a vocal track it's honestly not worth my time I don't actually mean it but like I do it as a joke where it's like oh I don't hear any voices in there not great huh (laughs) because here's the thing right we talk about it and this is the joke I make which is um, Devil May Cry 5 right had Devil Trigger that song in the trailer the vocal track and I'm like that made top of the charts in the UK that made top music charts I'm like you don't see other video game you know orchestral music making top charts because in the western world one of the ways of thinking is we don't want the music to overpower the game we want the game to be the primary experience and the music to just uh, uh like I should say enhance it but not be the primary focus whereas in Japan they don't mind going absolutely nuts on the soundtrack wow and this is a case of that without vocal tracks where I appreciate it despite not being vocal tracks because a lot of the music is not your sort of typical JRPG fare the music does change a lot depending on where you are in the world of course we talk about town themes and all that but also in battle depending on what tier you're in in terms of chapters like what tier of the the world map rings you're in the music changes and some areas music is just uh interesting to the point where it's not you know standard orchestral fare as i've said some even reminds me of uh near automata soundtrack i know flame's grace which is in the snowy territory the mm. music there reminds me a little bit of near soundtrack without the vocals it's a nice. uh, really really you know mysterious sort of ethereal airy Uh, quiet single note snow music and stuff like that Uh, but no soundtrack is you'll hear it to the point where sometimes you'll even want to wait in battles to get to the good part of the music where you're like oh I don't want to finish it too soon I want to hit that good part so in terms of soundtracks probably the most distinct I've played this year most distinct soundtrack I've seen playing games this year Uh, besides something else I've actually played this week as well but that's because that was like a primary focus of the game
0: it's amazing to me how fast an OST can convince me whether or not I would like or dislike a game because music is everything to me when it comes mm-hmm. to video games. Mm-hmm. It's weird because the wife is opposite. She could play a game muted and it just breaks my heart. It's like, why yeah. would you do that to yourself? It's like, cause I'm probably gonna watch Netflix while I play this. And it's like, you're ruining your experience. And- yeah, I'm actually, so I, I, I'm half joking when I say this, but
2: sometimes in terms of like ranking what's important in games to me, it goes like gameplay then soundtrack second story visuals all that just be down at the bottom i don't care i want game good gameplay and i want a soundtrack absolutely really, really bunch big. of weebs yeah, yeah. Well, i mean, I mean if I'm a, weeb for, like, music.
0: a good explanation for that uh, his reasoning right there would be splatoon 2 great gameplay <laughs> and great uh, music to it but you know little story for the most part besides you know the single player of course yeah and uh, little more. <laughs> i know right random sidebar have you guys heard about uh, them talking about the new devil may cry Uh, In in regards of talking recently I I believe they announced it in E3, but there were talks uh, coming up uh, where they wanted to implement a a user-requested feature where as uh, Dante gets better and better in a fight, the music gets more and more pumping to each level. Yeah, so that
2: was a. They said they were actually putting it in the game. So, yeah, it was something that I don't even know if users, maybe you read more into that. I didn't know if users requested it, but what they said was that what they're going to do is literally the vocal track will kick in if you're styling. Like if your combo's going and not and being broke. That so,
0: sounds so. I know. Awesome. I'm so
2: down. That's like the hypest thing I can possibly think of, especially with Devil Trigger being like. Uh, it just gets you into it. It's thing. like,
0: oh crap, vocals, this is serious now. I got to keep this up to S3. Yeah. Plus, plus,
2: plus. One of the big memories actually of 2017 in gaming for me, one of the biggest memories I had was uh, playing Nier Automata, which of course won in the Game Awards that year, best soundtrack of the year, with Persona 5 being likely right behind it. And what happened was there was a moment in time where you enter a village at some point. I don't want to spoil too much, but they play this rendition of a music track on the OST called Wretched Weaponry. And I remember that being one of the few times in games where I actually stopped and I was like, all right, hold on a sec this is cool like i just need to take this scene in right now what's going on in the background are what are you talking the
0: disney world looking place no this
2: was um in Somewhere the robot different? it's in the robot village i'll say that okay okay yeah yeah it's in the robot village A uh, certain part in the game when you're but, uh, it's actually path b or c i think
0: so okay because I, I i played a little bit of it before i gave up uh after the third time and uh the music can be both enjoyable and very unsettling at the same time uh It goes off the tracks the wrong way real quick once you realize what's going on.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you need, see, the thing is, you need a cranium. You need a brain that's about like a thousand times the size of this room to understand near. You need a Rick and Morty brain in order (laughs) to understand understand, (laughs) and appreciate near automata. Exactly. You need to be a basically Um, genius level to understand near automata. uh, Getting them back.
1: uh, Sorry. No, go ahead. I did watch some Nier Automata gameplay for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a game I'd always been interested in, but I didn't want to, like, see too much of it before, like, I played it yeah. kind of thing. But I did watch uh, some gameplay of it, and the soundtrack was amazing. And talking about soundtracks, and I know at this point I'm probably a shill. I'm probably being paid off yeah. by Bobby, but the Destiny soundtrack? <laughs> no, I don't no. remember it at all, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> That's I,
1: fair, but there are some moments where it's just mind-boggling the first soundtrack was actually made uh, like the first without any of the expansions um like og destiny soundtrack was made in collaboration with michael salvatore and paul mccartney i think oh and it was a it's a beautiful soundtrack and it so if anything you can take away Uh, from any of the destiny games it's the art and the sound are always on point so i feel bad for those teams because everybody else is failing them Right. Put right. so much effort and love into the like these aspects of the games that that's the only kind of redeeming feature for about five minutes before
2: the like gameplay is just like I can't do this anymore. It's just boring. Did Salvatore work on Halo? Do you know? Because I remember seeing that name a couple times alongside Mario O'Donnell, I feel I f- on the Halo soundtrack.
1: I feel like I would agree with you. Okay, but we're
2: not 100% sure on that one. But uh, yeah, I no, thought that, but, that might yeah, be- Yeah,
1: because there. it has, like, even from the beginning, the moment you saw, like, the 2012 or 13, like, E3 trailer for Destiny, mm-hmm. all you could feel, like, was Halo.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember, like, yeah. Yeah, um, so it makes sense, like, early game, there are plenty of- You are uh, absolutely right. Uh, he does work on the soundtracks for the Halo game series. Bada-boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Which are um, great soundtracks, so I don't oh, doubt- they're amazing that. soundtracks, Yeah, too, yeah. It, because these doubt. are the-
1: again these i think these are one of the few uh, devs who realize or understand that uh, music can add and mm-hmm. not necessarily be like a background thing like they can be a big part of your experience Exactly. and it's just that anytime i open up um destiny on my xbox for whatever reason like destiny one or mm-hmm. like hear even like the uh, uh opening music theme song it's just nostalgia chills it's it's amazing
2: Yeah, it actually reminds me a lot of, uh, especially that point, I think it was in Halo 2 where you're going through the, the, you know, Covenant High Charity and they play like that Breaking Benjamin song out of nowhere, do you Mm -hmm. remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that sticks with you though, that's what I'm always shilling vocal tracks, because I'm like, you know what, you think back about game soundtracks, what do you remember? Like in terms of like, the best trailers to ever exist, right? The best, uh, you know, people will be like, oh yeah, Simple and Clean, Kingdom Hearts, Mad World for Gears of War, like they're always vocal tracks you think about. Yeah. So, I'm like,
0: they're great. So, Sanctuary.
2: But anyway, so, so, what other questions you got about Octopath? Hit me more. So, yes,
0: anyways, back on the tracks for Octopath. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this train fell sideways off a cliff, went through a couple of forests, came back up, landed back on the tracks. We are keep going. uh, So, it has good story, it has good graphics, it has good music uh i wouldn't even how talk s- about story actually so feel free okay oh, <laughs> no, actually no i'm gonna back up i'm gonna have <laughs> i'm gonna say it's a safe bet that this has a decent story it's unique i'll say that much so uh, what i will say it's
2: not eight people trying to save the world No, and that's the best part. So that's actually really quick. I'm going to keep this to like a two minute tangent. But one thing I always kind of lament is RPGs are always save the world and always, you know, fight the evil God, save the world, right? The big bad empire. And what Octopath does is just like, nah, these eight stories are pretty self-contained. They're not major. They're stories you won't see in any other game because any other game with single protagonist has to focus on some big story. So in Octopath, you'll get something like, you know, yeah, no, this this apothecary over here, he just wants to travel the world and learn more about um, being an apothecary and try and be the best one he can. Uh, In another case, it might just be like, yeah, this one guy or this one girl's trying to find her master who went hunting a beast and never returned. And they're just simple, small stories like that. But I appreciate the uniqueness of having a story on that
0: small scale. Okay. Uh, Battle mechanics. Is it going to be rough and tough for a newcomer back to the old uh, RPG style?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a difficult game. It's a difficult game. You can always, of course, since it's an RPG, you can always mitigate it with grinding. But uh, no, this game does require, especially past chapter two, uh, it definitely requires some know-how. You need to not—you can't brute your force your way through. You gotta understand what you're doing, uh, okay. which requires learning the systems.
0: Uh, but Kim, I don't want to play a game where I just grind in the same area over and over again. There's no grinding in this game.
2: You don't have to. You just said that you'd have to grind. I don't know. I said you can mitigate it with grinding if you're a dummy. So that was what I was oh, saying there, Oh! oh. Which, was, which was basically what I said. was. are you trying to
1: say that gamers are not the smartest people around?
2: No, they are. And they should play more RPGs because my point is that basically you can get by totally fine without grinding and beat the game. I did, uh, but If you want to mitigate how difficult the bosses are, you can grind, but that's very unnecessary. What I more mean is, when I think about grinding and requiring grinding, what I think that means is, okay, naturally through playing the game, you are not at a point where you can fight the boss. You need to go and grind specifically to go get levels so you can fight the boss. In Octopath case, it's like, okay, naturally playing the game, you're gonna be on the level curve. You're gonna need strategy to beat these bosses. If you don't wanna do strategy, if you're like, I just wanna hit buttons, then go grind for 30 hours and then fight the boss. But it's not fun that way. Uh, But you do not need to grind and even less than needing to grind. uh, They've done so many things with this game to make it so the grinding is not a problem. So the team actually is very good at this because this is also the bravely default team. And what they did was they allowed options in game for speeding up the battle. So you oh, can yeah. up the battle four, four times in Bravely Default. You can alter how much like experience you get, how much BP you get or job points you get in, in Bravely Default. So what they did in Octopath was interesting because they actually made it so that the level XP curve is so bizarre that if you're under leveled for an area and you go in and fight a couple guys and beat them, and they're hard if you're under leveled, they're very hard. But if you beat them, you'll pretty much level up to where you need to be immediately. But then once you're at that, like within that zone, you'll level up very slowly. So it's almost like the level curve is so exponential that, like for example, if I if I have a team of level forties and I want to bring one character who's been sitting on the sidelines for a while all the way up, it'll take no time at all. He'll be up to level like forty two in you know a few minutes, pretty much. Wow! Uh, but once you're there, once you're at the level curve where the game wants you to be, everything will slow way down. So it's really interesting that. If you need to grind, if somebody is truly under-leveled, it can be done very quickly. But if things are where they should be, it's a slow process. So you actually have to go out of your way to do it that way. It keeps favorite, things challenging. Favorite four people on your team? Uh, so I've only worked through. I've actually done it in a group before. So I play through four and then I'm playing through the other four uh, because, as I've said before, you can't take your first character you choose out of your team until you beat their story. So I've beaten four of the character stories completely and I'm on like chapter twos of the other four. But I'd say so far, Ahanit is the huntress. She's the most versatile character in the point where... Uh, she has the most options basically available to her if you're playing the game and want to do a challenge run of like just one character or just two. Haunted's necessary because she's so she's versatile. Got though. <laughs> she's, uh, she's got some buddies. Thank you, and fun and fun. Uh, Haunted, Haunted's up there definitely. Tress is great. She's a merchant girl, a young merchant girl uh, who wants to sell stuff. Uh, so she's pretty good as well. Uh, let's see. In terms of usefulness, Alfin. Uh, Because he's an apothecary so he can hit like every weakness a couple times and he has this crazy axe attack It's actually a joke going around of him cocking a gun, but it's just an axe head And it's like I'm a healer, but and it's like 9999 damage over the screen (laughs) Because he can just do some stupid damage with his axe Um, As for a fourth, I'd probably say Cyrus uh, he's the Scholar, I'm just starting to use him, but Cyrus' whole thing is something I really appreciate, which is he's too he cares too much about being a Scholar, that he's oblivious to girls and stuff, and he's just kind of like, like, I don't care. Like, some girls are trying to, like, you know, like, understand, like, understand, we love you, and he's like, I gotta
0: go find some books, like, and just goes off. He's great. No, he's great. On your show, over on in the video games, weren't you comparing him to Gumbario and Gumbrella from the Paper Mario series? Uh, I don't think so. That might have been a different show because uh, we show? didn't.
2: Yeah, we didn't talk about Cyrus
0: too in depth on uh, into the video game yet. Okay, because apparently there's a character that he will tell you about everything, any little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, is well, that Cyrus or is that somebody else?
2: So that's Cyrus and Alfin because their path action is scrutinize and also inquire which is basically, that's what I was talking about with the NPCs they'll basically ask an NPC a question and you'll learn all about that NPC what their life has been like, how old they are, their life how, story their no, straight, the Warcraft lore page mm-hmm. It's straight their life story, it'll be like this NPC grew up in blank and you know lost her husband 10 years ago and she's been carrying his harpoon ever since or something like that and of course you'll find his carpoon on her uh, things like that so yes because it's kind of that like enemy scrutinized kind of thing that Goombella and Goombario do do in Paper Mario where it's like learn the weakness learn the HP uh, and stuff like that but Cyrus is that definitely in terms of function
0: okay yeah is how, how far are you into this game right now uh 40 hours Oh. last yep. time we talked it was 22 yep Ooh. it's Ooh. an RPG so when I when I
2: get my RPGs when they come to my desk and my fangs are bared They go in. We go in until we're done. So it's it's
1: not a good game then. Otherwise, no, it's
2: absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible game. Would never play. Ten out of (laughs) ten. Yeah. If you've never played an RPG before, though, probably not a good one to start on. I think. Right. Uh, It's definitely it's accessible in that you definitely aren't constrained to a single plot. So you can do whatever you want. But for some people starting an RPG, they want a story Uh, a lot. Like they want a like a hardcore story. Yeah. I'll put it this way, like. I think that people, when they start start getting into RPGs, want to save the world a few times. You know what I mean? They want to be on that big shounen journey a few times before they do this more unique stuff that's a little more in-depth. But, yeah, no, it's wonderful.
0: Like, oh, I'm just, you're doing eight different tales of, uh, you know, middle, you know, maybe some high causes and passage of rights, I guess, but... Save the world is just like the top big thing. Yeah, no, some of them
2: are really funny because like right now my team is like a b- three people who are kind of just in it for semi-selfish reasons or exploratory reasons. So like Tressa's like, eh, I want to go sell some stuff. You know, uh, Alfin earlier was like, I just want to travel the world, get some potions. on the thief is like, I got to steal some stones because of my pride. I got I to gotta do that. And then Primrose is there as my fourth character just kind of chilling and she's like, yeah, so uh, my dad was killed by three dudes when I was a child and i've had to grow up in a whorehouse ever since and i need to vengeance and it's just like oh oh <laughs> like compared to everyone else just standing around
0: like oh. that, that's like team <laughs> seven of naruto like i'm naruto <laughs> i like to make clones oh man i got the hot this uh this you know this dark cool looking kid and then this last like, is just like
2: i need to kill my brother <laughs> my, my brother killed my entire family it's exactly I like need to uh, kill him yeah <laughs> Uh, Oh gosh. uh, (laughs) One funny thing I found though is there is some story disconnect because of that where the game has to treat each character like they're alone in their stories. So there'll be some scenarios, for example, where like I was playing as the cleric, who's like, uh, you know, lady of the church um, sister, right? And like two two, uh, random civilian, like villagers knocked her out at one point to like put her in jail. And I was just kind of like, okay, so yeah. She was there, but so was the big burly nightman, the huge dude with an axe, and the huntress. Like, you're not gonna knock them out. Like, you know what I mean? So it does get disconnected a couple times because it assumes in stories that everybody are alone, um, but also simultaneously that they're together. It's weird. It's weird.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yep. Has there been any other games on the table that you could play besides Octopath? Yeah,
2: I played Fury, which was a Steam game I was requested to play, actually, by a listener of Into the Video Game. Oh, So, yeah, Fury is a, okay, ready for this, this is a stylish action bullet hell, oh boy, there's a couple more, hold on, stylish action bullet hell, shoot em up, but also, um, boss rush, yeah. There's a lot red going on. Flag, red flag, red flag. There's a lot going on with Fury. So the idea is basically, okay, there's ten bosses in Fury. You have to go through. The soundtrack is synth wave stuff, and you know synth like Outrun type music, like eight neo eighties Outrun type music. So it's all like heavy beats, like dun 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 dun. And uh, basically, what you got to do is you know fight the ten bosses. The action is you have like one combo button basically, but everything moves so incredibly cl- quick. It's all about parrying. It's all about dodging. Uh, you have basically teleport to dodge when you pair you recover health and uh there's some crazy mechanics in that where once you get a boss down to a certain level of health basically you enter a close combat mode and if you lose that fight the enemy will gain back all their health and you'll oh. lose a full bar. But if you win, you gain back all your health and they lose a full bar. And each enemy has like six stages, but also different patterns of attack between all the stages and some of them are just bullet health. So bullets are just, you know, shots will just fly out everywhere. You got to dodge them. It's a very difficult game. It's meant to be an incredibly difficult uh, game. I'm playing it at the normal difficulty and I'm I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. I'm about halfway through right now. But uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. It's definitely worth the seven bucks I paid for it.
0: Okay. No. Uh, I, I see Space Harrier,
2: yeah. Space Harrier, so oh, that on Is this stream. your Friday game? No, this was uh played on stream actually yesterday, so this was for the second master Friday season. game, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said fighting game. Oh, okay, and I was Let's like, nah,
0: not fighting game, uh, yeah. The count the days, like. What's going on here? <laughs>
2: Yeah, this was my Friday game. So Space Harrier, it's for the Sega Master System, came out in 85. It's actually made by Yu Suzuki uh, over at Sega AM2, which was one of their major development divisions. Yu Suzuki also made Shenmue, the very famous series, and uh, many other things like OutRun, Afterburner, uh, Hang On, things like that. So
0: he's a big name. I feel like I've seen Space Harrier played before, and I don't remember it being a very enjoyable experience. Eh, it's you know here's the thing right it's a it was an
2: arcade game originally so porting it to the Master System Did there was have a lot of things fields?
0: like separating you from different areas
2: no no okay. maybe I so
0: mixed it up with just Harrier I don't remember
2: maybe even I haven't tried Space Harrier 2. there is a sequel so I'll have to check that out that's on Genesis I think but you basically are running into the background and for an 8-bit game it's actually pretty impressive in terms of what they managed to do it's like a proto Mode Seven almost where it appears to be 3D. Where you're kind of running into the into the scene and everything's you know scaling pixel wise and coming at you, the sprites are getting bigger to show they're coming closer to you, mm. and it's uh, one of the first like successful rail shooter uh, games actually out there. So okay, yeah, uh, how far have you gotten into it so far? So we generally we play with those games. You know they're very quick, shoot 'em ups especially very quick. We abuse save states and just kind of want to play it. So I got 14 out of 18 of the levels done, and then our, we accidentally saved over a death. So I just kind of started over and played it. Ah, in front of it. that's
0: right. I was mm-hmm. I
2: was there. Oh man, that's yeah. Crazy.
0: Wasn't that when you had your uh, your friend your roommate over?
2: That was the week before. That was for okay. Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap, another Master System game.
0: That I believe a similar thing happened where yeah. you tragic man. Tragic. It happens a lot, but yeah, that's what I played. Nick, I just want to bug you a little bit over here. You mentioned something about playing a certain Pokémon quest game on the phone. Did that ever come to the fruition or no? No,
1: I I got about 5 minutes in and I got bored instantly. Good. Thank
0: God. Yeah. Good. Just run. Just run. I'm about yeah. to uninstall it actually. Any luck with uh, Bayonetta, actually?
1: I, I not know you're, not you're yet. Getting... I wanted to, but Destiny 2, man. Like, I wanted to play that, and I think I don't know when I'm going to get to Bayonetta, actually, because <laughs> we even Bayonetta. got Monster Hunter World coming out on August 9th. Fair. And as soon as my finals are done, that's all I'm going to be playing until Destiny 2 Forsaken comes out. I'm down. I mean, I'm down for you
2: playing that. I'm not <laughs> down, because I already played Monster Hunter World. For that's two fair. Yeah, yeah I've, seen you, I've seen you play Monster Hunter World. <laughs> yeah.
0: Myself, I played uh, a little bit of Bayonetta 2. Long story short, I stared, like I had a drink in my hand, staring at my Switch eShop screen with Octopath Traveler sitting there, like, do I want to get this game? And I keep telling myself, yes, yes, please. And then I was like, there's got to be a better, op-. I was like, wait, there's still the three hour demo I could play. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, give it a shot. Just tell me you know, if I like it, I like it. Yep. But then uh, it was going to take a little bit, so I was like, I'll pop a game in while I wait for it to download, which I never actually got to it because things happened. And that was Bayonetta 2. And wow, that game is, it is something. (laughs) It's weird because everybody, okay, I just realized every single time I get into a game I don't like, I get into weird high pitches and start bouncing up and down. I'm going (laughs) to go straight to the point. That's because you're worried about me throttling you over this. Oh, why because it came out for a mythical console exclusively i must defend it <laughs> fair enough what Bayon- what console what what are we talking about oh god look oh you know the- <laughs> you all can understand what console this came on <laughs> bayonetta 2 is a huge improvement on bayonetta that is uh something i can say without reservation it's true The problem is, though, it feels like I'm hardly playing so much as pushing a single button, maybe alternating buttons every now and then, and I see this uh, very pretty lady bouncing around and murdering stuff, and then, you know... Yo, so close too slow and you know slowing down time and then turning into a bullet hell and then occasionally and it's very interesting because this is every single time i see a cut scene i gotta take a shot of something because i know something weird is about to happen i see a cut scene that involves very corny witty lines between two characters often with uh oh my gosh what is i guess her yeah her name is bayonetta but i know her for her uh her actual name.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. What is that? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember what. Um, like Celine
0: or something like that. Oh,
2: God. Yeah. Because it's what her friend calls her. Mm, it's been a while. I played it when it came out for the
0: Wii U. So I'm trying to remember. That's the last so, time I played it. I don't know how far I'm in. Technically, I just entered uh, past the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. And. The, the the action is fun and admittedly uh, this is ironic even further because the wife was watching and she's like I really don't like this game one bit but there's one thing I appreciate about it it's the music I'm like really I mean, she's like yeah I like the the uh, the artistic style of the music there's got actual vocals to it which you know that's right up uh, Cam's, uh area right there and uh, it's a it's a fun hack and slash but yeah, it there's, there's no slashing. And uh, I think I hit the 20-hour mark of my current Terraria run. So I'm having fun with that a little bit. Uh, got into the hard world with her. I'm, I'm building very creatively because usually I just do very minimalistic, do whatever you can. But rather than shoot ahead of uh, Amanda each and every time that she goes to work or whatnot, I've instead started building creatively. And I'm starting to make cool things like uh, a warp room and a room where I show off all my old armor sets and all that stuff. And it looks cool. I just wish she was doing something like that too instead of rushing ahead because then i got to catch up to her but then i you know i'm putting so much darn time into this it's crazy but yeah that's pretty much it right there Terraria, bayonetta 2 and pokemon go sweet so okay are we ready for the next fun section of this podcast oh boy i can tell you i'm a little bit ready are Nick,
2: you? i don't know yeah. how much i can help you this week
0: metroid is a weak point of mine that's okay it's okay because i know for a fact that nick studied the wikipedia for metroid vigorously well vigorously is a strong word (laughs) Uh, it's a you know i mean i guess it is it's what three four syllables it's a strong 25 cent word is is that uh just an american thing cam uh where you you say like oh uh that's a nickel word and that's a dime word oh that's a quarter word i've I've never heard heard that. that ever okay so this is random but it stuck with me and other people have actually uh, coincided with saying this with me huh. uh, if if it's a common word you'd call it a penny or a nickel word and then if it's uncommonly used it's a dime word but a word like splendiferous or whatnot is a quarter word so when it vigorously came to me as a quarter word but is, is okay maybe, so. maybe that's
1: something I, yeah. I, I don't get it
0: what over you,
2: here.
1: I understand what you're trying to get at but I've never heard that yeah before. me
2: neither
0: okay cool. yeah Oh, that, that that's awkward
2: no american right. backup on this one fred
0: so i'm terrified now uh if nick is I, I would say open season i would say cam help him as best as you can okay yeah that's gonna be my best i'm gonna but... say this this looks like it's gonna be a rough one because this is uh this is a weak spot even on my field like okay. i i made sure to use the things in, uh that i knew personally and i was i had to be careful because uh there was a couple of them where i wanted to get deep in the rabbit hole again i was like no bad tyler bad bad <laughs> but don't worry i got five questions lined up for you about metroid and you're gonna be fine you, you can do this i got 20 bucks okay. ready for you over in that wine bottle it's just in there just gotta push it in and we'll push you at 60 bucks you ready for this i'm ready let's go all right cam nick let's do the metroid quiz for the nick switch initiative <laughs>
2: nick you got two this week so yeah. make them count. i'll let well, you know if i know something
0: okay so question number one what is the main villain of the first metroid game is it a kraid b ridley c mother brain or d metroid i do uh, I,
2: I think i know this one if you want help so
0: um i'm gonna go with c mother brain okay is that your final answer that is my final answer are you sure yes i am sure okay you are correct it is in fact c mother brain now was that what you were thinking too nick or, or sorry cam yeah camp?
2: because i mean i actually played it for stream uh recently okay and i was like okay well you fight metroids and mother Brain's the big brain at the end yeah, so, yeah, and you didn't right. fight ridley and you didn't fight crate so okay or well
0: you see okay anyway <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping he was either going to pick ridley or metroid though that, that was my trick ones crate is you know he's there but he's not as yeah, known yeah. as ridley so yeah right question number two does not have a multiple choice going from japan's famicom to america's and europe's nes metroid made a significant change to the saving system what was it um you
1: could have up to three saves is that your final answer that is my final answer you have up to three saves uh three different characters basically
0: that as far as i can can tell from the wikipedia is incorrect In the uh, America and Europe uh, NES version of Metroid, instead of using a saving system, they had a password system. Oh, I was thinking is that. that the does this right, Cam?
2: Yeah, so there was a password system in Metroid 1 for NES, yeah. yes. Okay. See, I'm getting cocky. So this is good. It's, it's, Ooh. it's, it's... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay,
0: okay. Question number three. This is multiple mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. What video game console did a Metroid game not appear on? Is it A, the Super Nintendo, B, the Nintendo 64, C, the Nintendo DS, or D, the Nintendo Wii? Oh, I have an answer for this. If you need help? I do too, but I can't do too much for yeah. you. Yeah,
2: Nick, if you need help for this one, I know this.
0: I mean, I'll give you the answer afterwards if it makes it feel better. Okay, I'm going to pull you in, Cam. I want right. to say it's the Nintendo
1: 64.
2: And I would agree with you because I'll tell you this right now, Super Metroid's on the SNES, uh, Metroid Prime Hunters is on the DS, and Other M's on the Wii, as well as the Trilogy.
0: I was gonna say Metroid Prime 2, or Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, as well as the entire Trilogy is on the Wii. So if your poll for the game from Nintendo Wii is Other M, I'm gonna be kind of upset with you because that was a (laughs) crap hole game to memorize the Wii. Anyways, yes, D is out. So what is your final answer? Uh, be Nintendo 64. And you are correct. Good job. It is, in fact, not on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> they had uh, expected to do something for the Nintendo 64, but things had fallen through and eventually they had to push it off and mm-hmm. Metroid Prime was the next focus afterwards.
2: There's even a rumored demo or there's a rumored version of it, kind of like there's the rumored versions of uh, Earthbound 64. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is a somewhere like, oh, the rumor of the
0: Metroid build. Yeah, the 64. Metroid 64. Yeah. yeah. anyway, all right, question number four, and this one's going to be a tough one, but in fact, I did warn you about this beforehand, Nick, so hopefully you read this on Discord. Within two million, and according to Wikipedia, how many copies of the Metroid series game has been sold? Um, so I'd just
1: like to say that I did, in fact, read uh, your message in Discord. Uh, okay. you did Indeed, to all the listeners, he did indeed did you, warn me. Did you, you do
0: Control-F uh, numbers? <laughs> I, know,
2: I know the answer if you want help, so.
1: I did not do Control F numbers. I just read the Wikipedia page because there are often times where I'll find start up looking at like video game articles and eventually end up on the topic of lobsters. So my answer would be seventeen point four four million. <laughs> Holy
0: smokes! Down to the wire, ladies and gentlemen. That was his third win right there. That 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 takes it. Good job, man. Good job. But since you want to do a victory lap, you want to show off one last time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to give you the last question just for funsies. Okay. Question number five. At Metroid Prime 3, there is evidence that another game was in the works but never came out. What is the name of this potential game? Is it A, Metroid Dread? B, Nightmare Metroid? C, Metroid Prime 3, Other Realm? Or D, Metroid, Samus Returns?
2: Oh, boy. Um, Since it's victory lap, let me help. Uh, Okay. Samus Returns is the name of the 3DS remake of the second game that was for Game Boy, so that's out. Uh, Metroid Dread is a thing, because Metroid Dread was the theoretical name of Metroid Prime. One of the theoretical names they're thrown around of Metroid Prime 4, and that Mm might have been, if I remember right, in relation to that, it has been something that showed up before, so it could be Dread. It could be dread. Uh, I never heard about the others, but I've heard about dread before. I've also heard resurgence for the newer one, but dread is probably my pick based on I've heard
0: that before. My favorite one is Metroid Prime: Revengeance. Uh, she <laughs> plays with the sword. Rising Revengeance. Oh, that's a good game. I love that game so Metroid much. Metroid Prime: Rising Revengeance. Oh, I love that game, but yeah, I'm I gonna
1: love- I'm gonna trust Kemp. I'm gonna say uh, Metroid Dread.
0: Yes, uh, you are correct. Uh, it was in fact a Metroid Dread. It was lightly mentioned in a, a little, uh, not video file, a textbook uh, textbook file. There we go. Mm. Uh, Metroid, sorry, Samus would scan one of the things that was talking about how in this random area far off, they were doing a large farming of Metroids that was going off uh, the scales called Project uh, Dread. And people were, it, it said, pr- progress was going well, should be uh, coming to full fruition soon. God. And people uh, t- took that to thinking, oh gosh, Metroid Dread is a game it should be you know being developed soon and in fact uh it was apparently in progress at some point but it got shut down fairly quickly and it's been barely talked about ever since
2: yep it's been a theoretical name for the new one coming out so we'll see but yeah all right yeah so that's what uh that's what the quiz did now that was four questions i thought did we do five because because he got he got
0: he got got three in a row and then oh he screwed up on the second one for the uh, oh, password yeah. system i made a mistake. oh that's right
2: summary <laughs> i forgot about that yeah that was five okay cool cool, cool. yep so that did it which means
0: me double check my <laughs>
2: five numbers geez which means yeah. next week's me and what are we doing Ooh, who, who should pick this time Mm, well I'll make it because we talked about switching off, but right, what right. do you wanna do? what are you gonna do?
0: Well, Nick got the pick last time and he kind of put himself in a nasty spot but he still pulled through so I'll give him full credit for that. Cam, I feel like if you're gonna make it I did make and choose the first time myself, how about you pick it and you get to set the score. okay, how about this?
2: We're gonna be dealing with Nintendo lore no game series, just Nintendo.
0: Wait, you're gonna you're gonna make him go Wikipedia Nintendo.
2: Yeah, we're gonna talk about what's it called? We're gonna talk about Nintendo consoles. We're gonna talk about. Ooh, it's gonna be a good time.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm, d- I'm yeah. done with that. That's gonna be that. Okay, I mean, I won't argue with that. I'm pushing and, my fire. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I, I feel bad now because uh, we just did part one of the history of Nintendo, so you'd be all set up to 1960 but that's still like 20-something years before the Nintendo Entertainment System came out. So uh, listening to that probably wouldn't help you too much, but it'll give you a a very good perspective about the Wikipedia article. I will say, just
2: go ahead and look at the Nintendo Wikipedia article. We'll keep it to the Nintendo Wikipedia article and I'll just pull from there. But I will tell you right now, it's gonna be about consoles and potentially- Numbers? uh, Potentially some numbers, not too many, probably two two out of five will be numbers, we'll say. But it'll be about consoles (laughs) and it might be about people involved as well. So we'll talk about people and consoles, and that's what we'll do next week, Nintendo-related, on the Wikipedia page. Okay. Challenge accepted.
0: All right. So, random bit of history for you. Uh, There is a character called uh, Gunpei Yokoi.
2: Yeah, Gunpei Uh, Yokoi, the creator of, or designer of many different of the consoles. Most famous Nintendo designer.
0: He uh, started off as a engineer for Nintendo, uh, maintenancing uh, conveyor belts and whatnot, and that was his thing, and then uh, he was working on something like an extendo grip essentially kind of like the cartoon you, you twist the handle and a giant cartoon uh, fist comes punching out mm-hmm. but instead it could grab things and Hiroshi Yamauchi uh, really loved it and so he was like hey turn this into a toy and they turned it into a toy they sold a ton of it and then uh, Gunpei Yokoi started working you know further and further on, on the toy field and eventually he started becoming later on the executive uh, producers of many of the Nintendo games Uh, The one that threw me off was in fact Metroid. He was an executive producer of Metroid.
2: Mm-hmm. And he also, like as I mentioned, he was the main designer for a lot of the consoles in terms of their aesthetics. So he would say like, oh, they'd go over and, and as you said, like Hiroshi Yamauchi and uh, Iwata and uh, Miyamoto in some cases would, you know, they'd, they'd have an idea, they'd storm, you know, brainstorm something. And uh, whoever, or whenever they decide to make a new console, they'd always consult Gunpei Yokoi. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he designed the original Game Boy, the Virtual Boy, the Game Boy Advance, and the DS, I think. And even as far as some of the main home consoles as well a lot of handhelds though if i remember right
0: i wouldn't doubt it yeah. uh it's amazing how many people like rise and start them really quickly off of like the most base routes like mm-hmm. shigeru Miyamoto, uh he was originally just an artist for nintendo and the only reason why he got an interview with yamauchi was because apparently his parents knew yamauchi pretty well but yamauchi uh was not ready just to hand it to him he's like you gotta convince me Yep. and uh oh, obviously you did a good job because he's here
2: yeah remember those names nick because they're going to come up next week i'd say the four biggins you're going to want to remember gonna be on the test is remember hiroshi Yamuchi, remember satoru wada remember gunpei yokoi and remember miyamoto okay shigeru miyamoto for full name, spark so. notes right there baby yeah those are going to be important names so and maybe uh, maybe we'll get western so maybe reggie Fisame and maybe bill Trinan remember those as well so
0: Oh man, uh throat's starting to catch up on me. Yeah. Let's uh let's burn into the news. Uh get this out of the way real quick. Uh first article is about World of Warcraft. Oh. Yeah, that's a game. Yeah. It's a it's a real popular game actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh it it was announced last week that instead of making people pay twenty bucks to buy every expansion up until Legion and then pay for Legion and then pay uh fifteen bucks a month. They said, "Screw it! Uh, everything up to uh, and including Legion is now completely free, and uh, you just got to pay the 15 bucks a month now. And cool. you, you, know, 15 bucks a month, you can access every single expansion right now, all the way up to Battle of uh, for Azeroth, which okay. uh, is coming out later this year, August 14th, it, I believe, somewhere around that time. Yeah, it's and that is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can just drop 15 bucks to get what would have cost you between." be Anywhere between 20 and like 120 dollars because, like, back in the day, you know, the closest thing you got was the battle chest, which included Wrath of the Lich King and Burning Crusades. But then you had to buy Cataclysm, then you had to buy Miss Pandaria, and then you had to buy Warlords of Draenor, and it just kept going on and on. Every single one would be like 10 20 bucks. You'd be lucky if you could find a cheaper alternative, but well, they, I
1: mean, um looking at it from my perspective I was thinking of getting to world of, or at least trying out world of Warcraft recently yes. and then I was thinking no so no we're not gonna go through this whole whole thing again but sitting down with my roommate because he plays and he used to be a big uh, wow uh, person but um i sat down and i'm like okay i could try the seven day free trial but let's think of what ifs what if i really like it and what if i want to get into it all right i'll buy the base game all right now i really like i'm done with the base game content now let me buy i think it was burning crusades that was next all right i'm done with burning crusades let me buy rats of the lich king next and then it'll keep going on and on until i'm out of money and i can't afford anything else so that was the one big put off for me to even think about even doing the free trial because well, I mean- if i really liked it um you know i would have to pay all this money but now that it's now that they made it free and just a subscription like the monthly thing it's good for getting uh new people into the game and also gets maybe like players who played up to you know uh warlords of draenor and never got back into it all right well now i can do everything else free up to current content and then see how it you know make up my mind about the game again
0: and it it was a great thing and i applaud them for it they realized that subscription money the numbers are much higher than the cost of, you know, making people pay money to buy old expansions, essentially. And, you know, they saw through that and they need to get the numbers up. So that's one easy way to help get people back into the idea of like, hey, maybe I should game, give this game a shot before uh, Battle for Azeroth comes yeah. back into the playing
2: that's one thing I actually wanted to comment on is uh, we have to be, you know, honest with ourselves and say that MMOs aren't in their heyday anymore. Uh, they're getting oh, no. players in most cases while still having a ton of players, but there's only maybe, you know, three or four big viable MMOs at this point in time with World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy 14, and a couple other things, Black Desert Online, and RuneScape, like that, RuneScape, um, that <laughs> are, Guild Wars 2. and so, yeah, Guild Wars 2, and so when you, you have that subscription option and uh, you have to buy on top of that, it becomes, of course, a barrier to entry, and so so, with games that are required and kind of built around having a big community, it, when you're bleeding players like this, you have to. It's almost out of necessity, I feel, they did this, where it's like, okay, we need to get people staying. And we need to have people coming in, too. So, yeah.
0: Heck, Final Fantasy 14 for the PlayStation 4, the client for that, that should have stopped me from playing entirely. In fact, uh, I think it was only because I knew it was a pain in the butt to try to get a refund from uh, through the PSN that I didn't do it but that was vicious you know 20 30 gigabytes to download for the client and then i had to create an account which gave me so much trouble like i'm talking like three hours worth of trouble and then once i cleared through that the client had to download the actual like rest of the game which was another 30 gigabytes that it had to do through its own client versus oh. through PSN. Jeez. and so it had even more restrictions and i'm sure you guys know this the ps4 does have some issues occasionally with bandwidth. Uh, sometimes it does okay, sometimes it drops like crazy and you gotta put it into rest mode or reset it in some way. <laughs> At least it's not the Xbox One. And that would be fine, but the problem was the Final Fantasy 14 client installer did not work in rest mode like the PSN would. And so I had to keep it on and pray to the, the bandwidth gods that it would work. And this took about three days to download and install properly. That's how bad it was, it was yeah. vicious like when it came on i was like this is gonna take 16 hours i'm like i guess i'm gonna be playing you know ultra sun for a little while this is gonna be l or not ultra sun just regular uh i was playing moon actually because uh moon's much better sorry amanda anyways back over to world of warcraft the that wasn't even the actual topic the the real topic was world of warcraft has uh recently done some changes to the way that uh Levels and health and all that has uh, been readjusted because before I was talking with uh, somebody about this very specifically, you could have 2 million health at the you know max level, it's probably more than that. That's just DPS, and it got dropped down to 20,000 2 million to 20,000. That's how crazy exponentially the stats have been adjusted. Uh, we haven't seen numbers like that since Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King days and they have adjusted the enemy health it's that as well. The problem is, though, going from 2 million to in the thousands, that is such a crazy percentage to adjust to anything that it's been giving people some heavy troubles from level one to like level 110 Uh, just the the grind because suddenly monsters that you're able to let's say at level 30 you could burn through strangle thorn valley all day and half the morning no problem suddenly these guys are actually fighting back because their strength checks were only in the hundreds but they, they got adjusted weirdly to where they're actually fighting tough oh okay they're difficult again and since you don't have as much health as you thought you did before things are giving you a lot more trouble and with that, suddenly people are struggling to do questing and whatnot. Uh, the friend in particular was telling me that he, his favorite thing to do nowadays is going to old expansions, tearing through raids and getting cool transmog or you know cosmetic gear essentially. The problem is though, uh, he would go through a level 60-40 man raid that he could blow away by himself. Suddenly, it's given him difficulty for the first time in like six seven years. Jeez and it's like that i mean i think that's great honestly personally but apparently if you're by yourself and you're just trying to level up through the old quest you're having a crazy amount of time and uh right now uh it looks like blizzard is actually had put a second stats or sorry no they put a set uh squish sometime near cataclysm which made things uh really really weird but uh, they've been throwing hot fixes every single day just to uh, try to fix this and make it right so somebody doesn't get instantly murdered by a monster their level yeah
1: yeah the problem with um, old systems like like this it's i'm um, i'm i'm 100% sure the dev team is afraid to make any big changes because the code is so old and the underlying systems are so old that any sort of like drastic change could either break everything or change everything like as it is happening right now uh, you know, there could be cases where the peop- the person who made the original code is no longer working and coming from like a coding industry or coding background. If you don't comment out sections of your code or like leave little comments here and there telling people what does what, um, it causes a lot of problem going forward when they want to uh, migrate that to a new system or recreate it. So uh, that could possibly be one of the things they made a small change or they made a big change. And that's just, you know, caused a huge wave uh,
0: to change like a whole bunch of things. No kidding. 2018 they were working on the coding between 2000 and 2004 like it came out in 2004 so we're talking 14 year old coding that's been alive and active and probably edited a crap ton that's scary if i mean i understand the reason they want to have it open to even toasters so anybody and everybody could play even from you know windows xp at this point yeah but whew.
2: i mean if you want to talk about toaster play just here's a fun little fact uh ultima online still running <laughs> yeah yeah from like yeah 98
0: if not earlier if i'm trying to remember exactly when that came out originally but yeah heck even runescape uh updated its entire system and i know cam i understand i respect your decision saying that <sighs> it's 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 bad but it's a heck of a jump compared to their old school it's it's up there uh Pokemon Go, more Pokemon Go news. Anybody want to take the bait for this one? Um,
1: Yeah, I was just reading through this, um, and I actually had no idea until I saw this article.
0: I would pick um, on Cam, but Cam is currently frozen in (laughs) time.
1: Uh, right, I'm frozen in time again okay let, so I'll okay. take the lead on
0: this let's talk about numbers sales numbers for Pokemon go is ridiculous Pokemon go sales numbers are in the millions like the, the big sales numbers right here and he's back anyways Pokemon go uh, cam was right He uh, oh, yeah. he mentioned lucky Pokemon was coming to Pokemon go and sure as crap yes it was uh, the good news is lucky Pokemon is the thing it's awesome the bad news is, unfortunately, it's not completely free in the stardust. The stardust is very yeah. reduced, and the only way you can really get it, it looks like instead of catching it, it has to be traded right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it makes sense because traded Pokemon in real, you know, mainstream Pokemon games get experience boost Mm -hmm. however uh they announced it and then people started trading like crazy and the the, you know hundreds thousands of trades not one single lucky pokemon they they announced that it was coming out but then they forgot to mention oh wait actually we we i know we made an update right here but it was just a baby update that was for something (laughs) else that was for a minor bug fix and then a few days later they actually let it come out Mm -hmm. So alongside that, we got lucky Pokemon, which have reduced uh, Stardust rates, as well as cool animations in the background. And uh, we can now gift uh, Stardust to each other, which is a big thing for me. Wait, we can? Yes. Oh. When you when you get <laughs> gifts, you'll instead of Pokeballs and Pinap Fruits, you can get 100 Stardust a pop.
2: Oh, I thought you were saying gift Stardust, as in I can just gift you 20,000 oh, Stardust. No. And I was like...
0: <laughs> oh, no, I mean, if you want to, but I don't know. <laughs> I was my just, for a sec, just grind yeah. for three hours, jeez. <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, no free Stardust just yet. However, uh, we got two more weeks left uh, coming up before we got the big Eevee event, which is yes. first time I've heard a two-day event. Because oh, wait, wait, uh, what is this one? I'm not in loop it, for this one. For the it's community, community day event, uh, it's okay. going to be Saturday and Sunday. It's Eevee from 2 to 5 Ooh. p.m. Eastern Standard. Cool. august 11th and august 12th which nice. is it's ant to me because you know eevee it's cool because you know i'll be able to get
1: you know excuse me i'm sorry you need to you need to retract yeah. that statement and then take a few steps back and then think about what you want to say really carefully eevee i agree i agree so maybe not stats wise the most useful pokemon's in the game evie is a cute and you need to respect the most <laughs> adorable pokemons in the game well vaporeon however is a stat it's a defense monster you put a vaporeon there with special def- defense and just tank everything it's great so i i'd like you to um re- rephrase that
0: you your harmful statement ty i i understand i'll, I'll try again <laughs> i would i would happily kick an eevee into the ditch so i could hug a oh! Pikachu. Oh, but, you're one of those let's go Pikachu people. Okay. gross! <laughs> I know, right? I feel like uh, Nick was gonna pull. Uh, oh, he has a cute. <laughs> wait, is that a a Vaporeon? I thought it was uh, is a Vaporeon. A Stitch at first, but I realized it was a Vaporeon. <laughs> he just pulled it out a Stitch. Yeah. So, meanwhile, as he. Oh my god, we're going, we're going in. Over up here, you can see up in the top of the roof up there, or yeah. near the top of the wall. I got a Pikachu guarding over the entire house. I see that weak thing over there. That weak thing. I'm sorry. Do you wanna? Ooh. Oh, are we? <laughs> I got an Alolan. Uh, are we going to go into like video quality? Okay, no, okay, before
1: we do that, this is my uh, my sister
2: gifted me this actually. My that's a door. Oh, that's birthday, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. I got an Alolan Vulpix in the
0: other room, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, before this gets any worse. Uh, okay. Talk about Pokemon. I'll back up. Uh, uh, a quick love. question for everybody. Uh, Favorite yeah. Evolution. One, two, three, camp. Umbreon. Okay. Nick? Glaceon. My favorite was originally Espion, but I've taken a strong liking to Umbreon too, yeah. uh, both in terms of style and uh, the fact that it's like more heavy on defense. Yeah, probably. it's a
2: tank. Like because
0: yeah. before I actually I used to love Jolteon and I, I still do because I love glass cannons. It was quick. It had a strong special attack. Wham bam straight in. Mm-hmm. However, I realized that when it comes to Pokemon strategy games, strong and quick hitting doesn't always work. Right, but. Espeon was, or sorry, Umbreon was good at because, you know, you could poison it and then you could do all sorts of cool things that Mm -hmm. I really appreciated. Plus, it had a glowing ring at night.
2: Yeah, and uh, stall Tactics, and Gen 2 meta were just the most popular, so. Oh, it was so nice. Like,
0: what is the name of the Pokemon in Pokemon Sun and Moon, the uh, underwater Pokemon that apparently preyed on Corsula, and that's the only way you could find it?
2: oh mary uh marianne is the english name i i jeez i know these by the japanese
0: name uh because i watched it subbed uh but i think it's mary marianne or something like that uh that pokemon in particular i really enjoyed because it had a a type of protect where if you struck it while it was protecting itself it would poison itself Mm -hmm. and then i think it actually had protect as well and you know you could also just do toxic protect do another crap move protect and it it just whittled and killed itself and so
1: that was my strategy for Pokemon Sun, actually. So the evolution for Mariani is uh, Toxapex. Yes.
2: Oh, Toxapex. sorry, everything backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it has it has an ability called Merciless, where mm-hmm. it does uh, tripled damage if your opponent's uh, poisoned. So yes. all you gotta do is run Toxic and then Run Shock, because Venoshock does double damage if your opponent's poisoned. So oh, double man. damage times triple damage, and it's basically insta- like one hit kills. Jeez. Wait, yeah. do you still have your game? i i still have my games yeah why aren't we battling each other i never i never get rid of any of my pokemon games yeah like i we, have we need to I exchange
0: my, friend codes and like show i've off never done
1: that with anybody but we could do that yeah we i, could, I play alone because none of my friends until now
0: play pokemon so i'm 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 a, I'm a lonely nerd you are lonely and the guild with many friends and companies so don't worry buddy we will have your back uh is there anything else we want to talk about pokemon go or should we leave it back to the pit where it belongs
1: leave it back to the pit where kick it, it belongs until kick it like the EVs. because they're right because the balls we, of hell. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later but i think we can just keep going on and on and on about pokemon so i think we should move on yeah
0: okay. fair enough Uh, Final note that I see for the news is uh, PlayStation 4 is entering the final phase of its life cycle, according to Sony. And Now, this ties into uh, some talk that I know was mentioned by Cam over in his show in regards to the future of stream boxes versus all in boxes.
2: yeah this was actually so this news came out uh this was an older news story too because this this came out like a month or so ago i remember it was a good few episodes ago that we talked about this but uh yeah ps4 is predicting well the next generation of consoles most likely come out in for Sony, of course, 2021 is what they're looking at for PS5 or whatever they call it, but probably PS5. You know they,
1: these are just official announcements. I mean, the community and game devs have already been predicting that this is the, we're entering like the final phase of life yeah. cycle for all uh, consoles, right, yeah. the current gen anyways.
2: Well, we um, know actually, we know um, just from rumors this past week and stuff from E3, we know Xbox is working on two devices yeah. and that's coming out 2020. And this is likely coming out 2021, though I suspect, though I suspect, that Microsoft might force Sony's hand to try and push it a year earlier. I think that might be a call I'm willing to make that Sony might also go 2020. And uh, that, that was a call I made a while ago without really knowing where I was like, it'll be within three years. Right. But, uh, but I think I'm, you know, seeing things progress. I think that Microsoft has the potential to put Sony in a kind of vice grip situation, even given where they are in the generation right now. And I think they might try and move up their launch uh, because Microsoft could put them in a tough spot basically.
1: Boy, I can't wait for all those teraflops those those oh. are
2: you know they All get me good. deep cuts too. Don't worry the, about
0: them.
2: The the deepest of cuts. So hopefully, here's the good thing, right? So hopefully, in the next generation, what happens? Because let's be real, the Xbox One X uh, and you know to a lesser extent the PS4 Pro uh, talk about being able to do 4K, and we don't have anything beyond that at this point. So what Phil Spencer said for the next Xbox was they're going to be focusing on CPU, because while graphics cards have been pushing ahead in consoles, you know full force, the CPUs are severely lacking. And of course, what that allows for is a lot of different types. Of uh, gameplay simultaneously, a lot of different NPCs on screen at a time. So my hope is that they kind of go more in on the CPU side of things. Next gen, keep the video cards around where they need to be right now, where they are with the PS4 Pro, if not like a little tiny bit higher. But like, let's go on CPU. You know, let's get that like 10,000 NPCs on screen at a time going. Like, oh, and then on, we uh, can uh, finally uh, see Destiny three at 60 FPS. That's what we can get. Please focus on frames per second. Please focus, like you know, focus on 1080 f- and frames per second, please. It's 2018. We don't need to yeah. live like peasants. Seriously, we can have 60 <laughs> FPS in games.
0: Seriously, it's amazing. Uh, completely side right here, Nintendo Switch, Devil yeah. Warriors. Yeah, on Wii U, uh, either 26 or 30 FPS. Mm-hmm. Didn't think I noticed it that much. No, came out on the Switch, 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Yeah, Nintendo but, does it. I am a believer after that because I was like, "Eh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, twice like I can see it just fine. Everything's moving. No, things are different. Big deal. It needs to be a big deal. You need to see the smoothness. It's not unless like my brain is intoxicated, which often it is. Yep. I I can notice this now. Like if things like, oh, man, this seems kind of choppy. It's like you got to try harder. Mm-hmm. I, I like what would you sacrifice more graphic quality or frame rates graphic quality always graphic quality and that's 100 people
2: who play games a ton i feel like it's the far majority opinion
0: so beautiful game at 30 fps is not nearly as enjoyable as a decent looking game at 60. yeah to a large extent yes but
1: it also depends on the genre and i know we're going to go into this in a bit uh. but like specifically for shooters you need high frame rate yeah you definitely you need to be precise um be it like okay maybe pve shooters not so much but pvp shooters yes and uh, t- pve shooters you would need to be precise if it's like more down to speed running right because then you'd want to make sure that you're getting and clipping through everything and getting in you know whatever positions as fast as you can but for pvp games you need the high frame
2: rate yep and uh speaking of actually microsoft's plans for next gen they're making those two systems right the stream box and the traditional console that's another thing for competitive games is the stream box latency issues which they're attempting to fix but you're never going to fix it to a point where it's not gonna where it's not going to hinder the game. So anyone attempting to do a competitive game, you can't do the stream box option. You can't. No Let's way. Say even
0: a even Microsoft dumped as much money as they wanted to into that. Yeah, it's well, not even their fault at that point. It's usually at the fault of the internet providers. It's
2: science fault. It's science fault that we talk about here's the thing in the fighting game community, right? Milliseconds matter. And so oh, if yeah. we're talking a controller input to a console versus sending an input to the internet and then it's sending back the information, no way. It doesn't matter how fast the internet is. You it's need a quantum entanglement for what they want.
0: <laughs> like uh Microsoft would have to Google or Google. It would have to partner with Google at this point, just uh guarantee like hey, we need Google internet gigabit level internet in order to have this kind of input. And even then, I don't even think a gigabyte would be enough for that level of perfect. And it doesn't fix things in the user end either, because they still need to get back to them
2: through their connections. And that's the thing, you know, Japan, it's interesting, really, because Microsoft's going for this option. Sony, I don't know, they're in a position to make a mistake. I'll I'll say that much. We can talk about it. They they all are are
0: in a position to make a mistake. It's just how bad.
2: It's Well, it's the thing where, basically, long story short, um, everybody, generations have been switching somewhat because everybody's had a chance to make a terrible mistake and shoot themselves in the foot at the beginning of a generation. But everyone's been through that cycle once at this point. So we're like, you know, Nintendo with the Wii U, of course, and and earlier the Virtual Boy, and so Xbox just, with the Xbox and the Xbox 360, and kind <laughs> of the Xbox One. No Xbox with the Xbox One primarily, and then uh, Xbox 360 they sold enough, but the depth <laughs> was a problem. But uh, PS, you know, Sony with the PS3, everyone's made a huge mistake once. So now we'll see <laughs> if they've learned. But somebody yeah. could be like, we're going to make a stream box and nothing else, and then it's like
0: ha <laughs> just laugh at them. It's huh. I, I I don't know what to say about it because honestly, it's like it would be nice, but at the same time, it's we're we're ahead of our time at this point. Yeah, yeah. Way way ahead of our time. Yep.
2: Japan has an internet infrastructure that could potentially handle streaming streaming games, but not here.
0: Yeah, not maybe most places. Not most places. And I mean, even if they didn't have it, it wouldn't matter because you don't have to worry about thirty Xbox Twos at that point. With yeah. how many people love. Microsoft. Well, I mean, in Japan, you do have to worry about exactly 30
2: Xbox twos because that's all (laughs) they sell.
0: Yes, exactly. I've checked. Halo 3 confirmed. Yep. (laughs) So topic of the show, the big one right here. Guys, what are our favorite video game genres? Oh, yeah. (sighs) There's so many out there. We have a few that we enjoy. There's some that we'll dabble with. There's some that we hate. But there's always that one that we just we love. Yep, we we couldn't give it up. Nick, what's what's your favorite genre? Um, it
1: started off. So my first ever game that I can ever remember playing was Crash Bandicoot Two on the uh, PlayStation One. Really, so Cortez for
0: the, Revenge, I believe yes. it's called. or cortexes.
1: So for the longest time, my um, my favorite game genre was like a platformer. Um, so from there, I leaped on to like a lot of the other Crash games because my parents deemed that to be child friendly and bought me those games primarily. And then when I uh, became older, I moved on to Naughty Dog Classics because I fell in love with Ratchet and Clank, um, which was part of Insomniac games. And then I fell I in love say, with uh, was- Yeah, no, I know. I confused so, I'm <laughs> so I, was gonna say, I meant to say Jack and Daxter before I got into it. Insomniac. To, uh, so now we're talking uh, Sparrow. I never actually got around to playing Spyro. I That's played hyper-gin. like a, so there was a demo that you could activate before, cra- like at the start screen of Crash Bandicoot Three, and I played that a couple of times all the way
0: through. Was that the first one, like first Spyro demo? I think it was a second. I'm not sure because that was ages ago. There was a demo um, that you could do by inputting a special code on Crash Team Racing that would allow you to play a level of uh, Spyro Two: uh, Ripto's Rage. So it might have been Spyro Three, maybe because this was.
1: Or I, I, I'm not entirely sure on the time. I'm gonna
0: take a while to get us and say Crash Team Racing came after Crash Bandicoot, the first game, so
1: <laughs> no it came after there.
0: the second one
1: because okay. there was two there was two Crash Racing games. My Crash Team stands. Racing was the second one. Um okay. anyway, so yeah so Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank were some of my favorite gra- uh, games on the PlayStation one and the PlayStation two growing up. Um, and then I discovered shooters with Halo on the PC. My friend bought over a CD one day. Down a path set, I uh, not follow. PC call, Halo. Oh, okay. Yeah, we call we, it was called Hardee's for us, and I think that's called Charlie's Junior or Chuck oh, Junior, like um, the, well, the fast food chain with the yeah, star. Yeah, yeah, Hardee's. Uh, Carl Junior. Carl Junior. Yeah. So for us, it's called Hardee's. That's what mm-hmm. it's branded as yep. in at uh, least and so bought him some burgers he bought o- bought over his uh, halo halo 1 combat evolved on pc and i fell in love with the game and since then it's always been shooters um f- first person shooters specifically um and as it's obvious by the games that i play every week and i've talked about overwatch destiny 2 destiny 1 titanfall 2 uh Fortnite. it's not a first person shooter but a shooter nonetheless um halo 5 which i really enjoyed from a gameplay point of view Um, that's probably my current favorite genre and I don't think it's going to change. Um, I enjoy, I I really miss platformers, um, like that old school Jack, like Ratchet and Clank was some of my, was my favorite games. I played Ratchet and Clank 4. It was a good game. Um, I played it probably over six, seven times, started the game over and I was the best amongst my friends in that game. How about, uh, and Dexter? I never played the first one, but 2, 3, 4, X, and Last Frontier.
0: I played the crap out of those games. I was waiting for you to say racing as well.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, no, Jack X. Yeah, that's uh, the racing one. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, I played the crap out of that one too. So I I enjoy a few uh, racing games every now and then, but first person shooters is my go-to. The one genre I hate, and I've talked about this vehemently on a show before, are MOBAs. I cannot... I cannot stand MOBAs. So League of Legends can, after this, right? I can I can watch MOBAs. Dota 2, boys. I can I'm watch LOL and Dota. Like, I can watch tournaments. I may have sat down and done
0: that, but I can't play them. It drives me insane to play them. I Okay. I mean, I understand that because uh, it has a high skill ceiling, so I wouldn't want to hurt your pretty little heart, trying to play it's a game not even like
1: about, that. It's not about the
0: skill ceiling, it's not
1: about like the mechanics, the
0: numbers. It's just I just can't stand like the gameplay of it. Like it just doesn't appeal to me. Oh trust me, I hate creeper score like a son of a gun. Like it drives me wild that my main focus is I gotta kill these little minions for 20 minutes straight so I can get cool stuff. And finally just oh, again it's not review. even
1: about see I can't explain it. it's not even about that. Like I understand that to like whatever specific MOBA it is, but it's just MOBAs themselves as a whole. Like it just it just puts me off.
0: <laughs> I wonder, uh, like backtracking a little bit, a real-time strategy, Warcraft three, if you'd be okay with something like that. I never played Warcraft three. I used to play a lot of Age of Empires 2.
1: I used to put i put a lot of but never online i like playing against the ai because yeah, too, i'm yeah. scared i'm scared to play against other people i'm not good enough for that right. so i'd go into like age of empires 2 specifically uh hit enter turn on the you know put in all the cheats to get as much wood meat yeah. gold as i wanted huh. get like the where's my like car where's my car four
0: car cobras laser, driving around
1: with machine guns laser beam uh bear uh it was great
0: yeah Oh, uh, geez uh, the reason why i mentioned warcraft 3 is because it's a real-time strategy game where it gives you know, building bases and all that right, stuff right. but it's the first warcraft game that i played anyways that introduced uh heroes you could you know focus on heroes right right which um, obviously-
1: was, what was it called age of mythology that followed a similar thing yes oh man i haven't thought about that game in a while
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that uh your favorite Genre is shooters. Your least favorite would be mobile style games. Yeah. What about you, Cam? What What's your right. favorite genre? Anyone want Here to take? Go. It? Yes. Buckle in, boys. <laughs> Uh, it's not that difficult. <laughs> horror games, Horagoons. Horror
2: games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So, of course, my favorite genre is RPGs as a whole. And that's actually so the inspiration for it, uh, much like it was the inspiration for you when, when you started playing for me. So I grew up. Uh, so a little backstory, but uh, I'm a bastard child, fun enough. So I had both my parents never married. So two separate households. So as a kid, I was traveling a lot. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. So because you're
1: in the States, what would that make you? That would that would make you a sand or a snow. What would that make you? A
0: sand oh. or a snow? I'm it, like, okay. Do you smell toast, Nick? You guys don't
2: get the Game of Thrones reference? Oh no, that's not anime, oh, dude. I can't oh, help geez. you. <laughs> you know that. Oh
0: what's the problem? That's <laughs> Western anime.
2: Uh yeah, so so the joke being basically or not not the joke, but basically can't in effect, smell. I was traveling a lot. So I had a predisposition to handheld. So that's one thing, right? Is I always had to be a handheld player because I was always on the move, going between houses, going places. And RPGs were the pick for me. One, because it was some of the first games I played. First game I ever played was like Duck Hunt Mario on the NES, but after that, Pokemon Blue. And the nice thing about RPGs at the time compared to other games was you could save much more frequently in Game Boy RPGs because of the the internal batteries. So- The tiniest amount
0: of progress and you can still save and keep it
2: so when i, I was on the move forgot to talk about my game boy
1: advance and pokemon yeah M1. yeah yeah okay so, so that was the thing of my childhood too yeah,
2: yeah when, when i'm on the move so if i was playing a mario game and i was in the middle of a level i don't have any recourse i have to lose that progress and i hate losing progress more than anything else mm. i hate it so rpgs were the natural fit because i could you know play them a little bit like donna souls on game boy advance final fantasy one and two you play a little bit you save Pokemon, you play a little bit, you save. So anything that allowed me to save at any point was what I was drawn towards. But eventually it just became a like for, or I should say my gaming sense developed as a sit and think kind of gamer, where rather than, you know, intense action, I like having the opportunity to to explore strategy. I like being able to sit there, which is why I hate the ATB systems in later Final Fantasies, because I like being like, okay, turn-based game, what are my options? What's the most effective option? I want to think about that game and i want to also experience a story um so i do like other things that have stories as well but uh yeah rpgs for me is most favorite least favorite might be might be it's hard because i don't hate any genre outright uh definitely
0: well you won't play a horror game is last i checked right. so
2: i won't play them that doesn't mean i hate them i won't play them because i'm terrified of least favorite though but, but I also it's like them. the
1: horror is more the theme rather than like the kind of game yeah like the game mechanics right yeah like i yeah. want to play exactly. like dead space yeah. is
2: like I would play it if the horror themes weren't mm-hmm. there. <laughs> right, and so I can deal with some horror too, as long as you it's just not jump a space station just for fun. Yeah,
0: as the, long the as the it's not walls jump scare, except, I'm good. Like, he, he keeps commenting about how well the air conditioning is working, fully functioning.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, as long as no jump scares, I'm good with that. So maybe, so, pr- so certain puzzle games are my least favorite, and maybe certain pure platformers, because uh, puzzle games, I just. I'm bad with spatial stuff. I really am. It's ironic because I'm a geographer, but I'm really bad with like, oh, this goes here. This goes here. So puzzle games, I'm just not good at. And so I just hated playing them always, uh, but I do respect them, and I like I like certain things that are light on it. So like, if you ever see like indie puzzle platformer, I will generally never play those games ever. Like no, I will avoid at all costs. Uh, the other so thing, money
0: pop girls uh, wouldn't be your thing.
2: No, see, I got better options if I want to do you know hentai. You got, of you got plenty options. I got I got VNs, man but uh yeah other one probably pure platformers that are just about difficulty uh i I don't i'm not reaction time i don't have the reaction time often to deal with those so mostly for lack of skill on my part is why i dislike things um there's no genre i incredibly hate i I do get around to things but yeah mostly for lack of skill but yeah that's me these conversations make me
1: like remember all the other games so like i completely forgot to mention the amount of time i put into pokemon um Like across a Game Boy Advance and then the Nintendo DS Lite, which my sister broke because I was sitting on the couch and she threw a remote at me, aiming for my head, but it hit my DS screen and cracked the LCD
2: screen.
0: Oh!
2: No, you 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 get rid of your sister.
0: How are you still alive? Why aren't you in prison? Yeah. Why is
2: she in prison? And my for mom was honor, sitting
1: right there slinger. too. My mom was sitting right there as my sister threw a remote at me aiming for my head, but it hit my Nintendo DS (laughs) and my mom and I were just kind of like, what, what, why? (laughs) Why would you do that? And then uh, it was good because my mom felt bad enough and she bought me the 3DS. Oh, Um, And I had the foresight. Yeah, I had the foresight to get. So I grew up in the Middle East and all of our game systems are PAL there, not NTSC. So I had the foresight to buy an NTSC 3DS so Mm -hmm. that when I came over here... I would be able to like play games uh, normally because so i right. was around the time when i was planning
2: to come over to canada so um, you also then if if everything was in pal then you also had the 50 hertz tvs for um that's what i of thing? guess because your plugs hertz. are different yeah if, yeah, well, yeah 60 versus 50 so your frame rates were a little bit different than ours basically yeah um yeah.
1: like so i have my ps2 sitting here and i have to buy i actually have to buy a transformer to be able mm-hmm. to get that to work because the input voltage requirement is 110 not 220 which is the yeah. standard from uh Um, in North America, yeah, and I also forgot about the Prince of Persia games, the original, not not like the um, 8-bit Prince of Persia games, Mm -hmm. not the MS-DOS games, the, you know, uh, Sands of Time, Warrior Within, and Two Thrones, those were some of
2: my favorite games ever. Mm -hmm. So actually, good question, in terms of console releases, uh, being from the Middle East, did you get things a little bit later in terms of, like, releases, did things come a couple years after, or right on time? I actually have no idea, Um, not At
1: least until towards the, um, you know, uh, as I was like late towards my late teens, I never paid attention to it when I was younger. I know like a lot of the Nintendo systems weren't the norm. Mm -hmm. It was mostly PlayStation. Um, So that's part of why I never had the Nintendo experience. uh, Right. Right. Um, The handhelds were pretty popular. That's why we got a lot of the Game Boys. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so as things went, as things uh, progressed and developed, we started getting things just about
0: roughly the same time. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess we covered everybody, so let's uh, get <laughs> <let's> on <go laughs> over out of this one. Well, Tyler, how about you, Tell But what, what, do you is, like? genres, what do you like? Every What do you like? So, when I was a child, I was in the same boat as Cam. I really liked my RPGs. Uh, you know, had plenty of time. spent a head. You know, spend a head a I love how I keep saying spin and head at the same time. Yeah, spin ahead. it's good. I spin ahead a good time with them. But I realized as I grew, it would probably be around high school. In fact, I'm not even sure if I told this story before, but I'm going to do it real quick. I I played a horror game, Resident Evil, the first one for the PlayStation, one time at a friend's house just for funs and giggles. And I couldn't understand the tank controls. And the first time you encounter a zombie, I didn't know what to do. He came, bit me. And I was so terrified that I mashed the open of the PlayStation instead of the power and just left the spin, you know, it like bit at me and but then game was frozen. So I had to sit there with that imprinted on my memory and that scarred me for a very long time with horror games. I, uh, I'm a big scaredy cat. However, I to this day, I realize Same. when it comes to video games, I don't feel emotion all that much when it comes to like uh progress. I get. Excited when it comes to like uh, percentage chances, and I win that percentage chance, like uh percent, you know, a legendary loot drop or something like that. And mm-hmm. when numbers go up, I get satis- a feeling of smug satisfaction and then excitement when I, you know, realize I hit the jackpot. There was a chance I couldn't get it, but fate shined on me. Respect. So, however, that happens far in and in between when it comes to RPGs because it's like, oh, I got a level, cool. But then, you know, the fleeting moment's gone but there is one genre that instills a particular emotion in me every single time that I have it, you know, let it happen. And that is horror games and fear. I, it's surprising how well a horror game can terrify me almost instantly just by atmosphere alone. And the idea that a game can make me feel alive for all the horrible wrong reasons is exhilarating. And I realize that even though I'm terrified in the games it makes me feel brave I, I, I'm invested in this like I am scared out of my mind that there's something in here that shouldn't be but I am going to go against it and take it on and then when I do and I'm rewarded with running for my life for about 30 seconds I feel vindicated it's like wow I can't believe I just did that and in high school the first game I played ever since that Resident Evil game was Dead Space and time and time again you know the fun game gets uh, mentioned up. Uh, I believe I talked about this on a previous podcast with uh, specifically with Cam. I was playing with uh, my best friend Nick who had a uh, big Sony TV and uh, PS3 and we were hiding in a room for a very long time. And one of the games that came up during that time was Dead Space. And Nick looked at me and was like, you want to play this game? And I'm like, I'm not good with horror games. He's like, neither am I, but we, we should do it. And we like you know, bros uh, crossed arms and all that yep. stuff. And I was like, on one condition if we get a score of an eight or higher because i don't want to play a bad horror game i don't, I don't want to scar myself again but look it up it's an 8.5 so i'm like crap so we go to the game grab it we play it It was supposed to be take turns but ended up ended up being me playing the entire thing which was interesting and we were terrified now i realized playing with a friend it kind of dampens the atmosphere a little bit because you know you, you lose the uh the sensation of being by yourself. You're screwed, you're all alone, there's bad things coming all around you and you don't know where they are. But it just made such a huge impression on me that I just, I loved it. And so when I got to play Dead Space 2, Dead Space 3, Alien Isolation is another good one. Heck, even more recently, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which uh, not really a news article, but it's uh, getting a VR release coming out for the HTC Vive. Yep. Separate complete game by itself, which is kind of frustrating. Because not only did the company get bought out by microsoft after it because it came out on the ps4 and i was like okay xbox fellow friends play this game you're gonna love it and microsoft's like we love it so much we're gonna you know we we have taste of the apple we're gonna buy the whole dang tree and, and I microsoft like, money go <laughs> I, know, right? I, just, I love that even to this day 27 years old i can still get terrified from a game just by audio and optical sensory And that's fantastic for me, uh, because there's a lot of games like Persona and whatnot, you know, I'm enjoying numbers going up and ranks going up and stuff, but it's like, cool, it's a fleeting second, but Dead Space or any other horror game could leave an impression on me for hours. Like, holy crap, my heart is still racing from that. That was so fun and scary. And that's why I say horror is probably my favorite genre, because I'm a big chicken. And because of that, it has the greatest impact on me. Sweet. As for least favorite? Yeah, what do you hate? I don't know. I'm trying to Oh, well, actually no, I do know. It's shooters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, I used to be that guy that I as soon as I had the PlayStation 3, I started buying Call of Duty. I said, you know, I started becoming that dude bro shooter and all that stuff and I was just, you know, yeah. And I as I told Cam and I wasn't joking. My name for the on the PlayStation 3 was Tyco duh, DA sniper oh, god no and it's like even i'm like that's oh my crazy. sweet summer child
1: i yeah. know right uh, it's like <laughs>
0: please my name, Thanks. but i i love having the barrett 50 cal in the original call of duty for uh modern warfare and that was my thing and i think it was modern warfare 2 that happened i was in uh college at that point I was playing it like crazy. I had my roommate play a little bit with me on the co-op missions and all of a sudden the disc reader just took a huge dump like, oh, it's gone. It's dead. Okay. I can't play any more disc-based games anymore. This is very, very sad. And suddenly the only thing I had left was my GameCube. And so suddenly Nintendo made a huge return in my life because I couldn't afford to replace my PS3 uh, disc reader. And as I'm sure you can guess, the only uh, shooter that I was aware of on the GameCube was Metroid Prime. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that game as a shooter, but I didn't get back into, uh, you know, the chances of playing shooters until Halo. But even then, I didn't like playing a shooter all that much because it was a fun skill to have, or it felt like I had to be skilled. But there was always that one other person across the map It always felt like he was smoking a cigar and he was having moderate uh sexual content with my mother every single time (laughs) and it was very frustrating and it's like (laughs) this is not the type of people i want to be associated with and that alone started pushing me away from shooters just like oh man i don't want to be a dude bro a guy you know i'm cool look at me i got oh whoops sorry that's real cool (laughs) i have yeah I'm, i'm so cool that i i boom my mic like crazy with beautiful like a Nice, beautiful, glorious beard, thick uh, black glasses, and a nice wavy hair. And you know, maybe my favorite game is Destiny Two. Can't forget the Fedora. Oh, and the Fedora. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never seen the end of Fedora, Nick. Anyways, never. never will. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, shooters not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I'll play it if it's fun with friends, but by myself, it's something I was happy to give up uh, back in high school. Yeah. So
1: how, funny enough, how I got into shooters, I never had like any so. Uh, I went from the PS2 to the Xbox 360, but I'd never had, like, Xbox Live until I came to Canada. Like, I never had Xbox Live growing up, so I never played online until I came to Canada and I had Halo 4. And that's when I put a lot of time into Halo 4 PvP. And that's when I really got invested, not into, like, shooters specifically, but competitive play. Mm -hmm. So I remember very clearly going into the SWAT playlist that Halo had, where it's uh, you just get the rifle. It was called the DMR or the pistol. Um, the the Magnum, which was the most overpowered pistol in the entire existence of all games. Oh yeah, the plasma um, pistol plus the uh, regular pistol. You just, no, uh, no, just the regular pistol, like the starting pistol. It's the most overpowered game in all Destiny, like all Halo games, without a doubt, hmm. because uh, you can uh, quite easily take down some of these shields and then shoot them in the head. But the SWAT game mode didn't have um, shields, so all you had to do was aim at the head, one shot, and it was a kill. Um, And so that's where I really got my competitive spirit where I was like, yes, I shot that guy in the head first before he shot me in the head. I wasn't good with snipers, mind you, but I was good with the rifles. I shot that guy in the head before he shot me in the head. I win. I'm better. Let's find the next person. And I I wish I could record all of that now because I went on crazy like 15, 20 kill montage, like sprees, just like slaughtering everybody. I'm like... This is what it's like to be good at something and then i came to destiny where everybody was better than me i'm like okay i'm not that great um i'll
0: just sit here with my friends a right upside uh note to uh, what you said there about recording yourself did you guys ever record yourselves when you were a kid no
2: oh boy okay um okay
0: are- so cam okay, had a like a oh boy this is to be a stage of my life ahead. no uh, so
2: there's a secret there's a secret that i i tout around in the uh, other podcast too where there are videos there are some videos not of me but of me and my friends like vocally playing games, like there's some early proto Let's Plays, pseudo Let's Plays, Mm -hmm. I'd say, but they're one-offs for specific games and they're still around on YouTube. Uh, And they were, I still, actually, I still think they're okay. I still think some of the jokes hold up. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. But it was from, (laughs) God, I was in, no, it wasn't too, too long ago either. I was like 10th grade at the time. So it was, you know, like 2009, 2010, Um, but, yeah, other than that i recorded myself and nothing uploaded online no video game recording myself
0: um prior to that so get this back in uh the early 90s i think even before youtube became a thing yeah it would have had to be yeah well oh, not early 90s i would say late 90s mm-hmm. a couple of years of ocarina of time came out mm-hmm. i learned and discovered that if i plugged in my nintendo 64 through my vcr i could record anything that goes through it oh and so I recorded myself playing Ocarina of Time, just doing random stuff, running around for six hours, and I would use that videotape to fall asleep to Ocarina of Time. Yo, that's and myself good. playing. That's cool. And it, it was fantastic, just yeah. the idea of like, waking up. Like, oh, I know exactly where I'm at right now. It was also funny because i would not do a single temple because i was because the temples i had to do was uh the shadow temple mm-hmm. and that is scary as heck so yeah there's like a 30 second clip of me walking in and then immediately teleporting <laughs> out i wouldn't do it that's good but uh i guess the most notable thing is uh before uh let's playing days i recorded myself using the gamecube the entire playthrough of uh paper mario at the thousand year door oh nice the entire thing on like eight nine separate uh vcr tapes <laughs> and so i had this nice pile of vcr tapes i put into a cardboard box i printed out the cover art for uh, paper mario a thousand year door put it on put it on the back and saying this is my greatest work ever nice. please enjoy <laughs> it if this ever falls in your hands and uh this happened in the basement of my grandmother's house bless her and then when I went out for college, apparently what she did, she took one of the tapes so she could record over it with her soap opera, no! and broke in my it.
2: heart. <laughs> no, it still was bad. I still got my like DBZ VHS recordings in the in the closet over here and nice. stuff. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, like <sighs> that. And uh, she sold off my Harry Potter books while I went after I moved out, and it's like, Oof. Not, I know it's like, man, Grandma, what are you Oof. doing to me This is my childhood? You're killing me here, Grandma. Please. But um, I th- anyway, I think doing that is why I wanted to become a let's player because I realized I love, and this is narcissistic, I love watching myself play a game after I'm done playing it, just to <laughs> review how I did. But yes, uh, <laughs> favorite genres, people. Hand out hey, favorite. hey, let's wrap up the show because this is probably, our, actually it is our longest yeah. episode yet, unless we uh, slept two of the previous ones together. It was a big day, it was a good topic. Game releases this week, uh, out on August 1st, which is gonna be uh, around the time that you guys hear this. I think that's Tuesday, actually. It could be a
2: mistake. Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday.
0: Okay, so on Wednesday, uh, Yakuza Zero is coming out for the PC, it's already out for the PS4. But if you uh don't have a PS4, like a certain someone, and you really want to try the first Yakuza game, 100% recommend. Great game. Uh, on August 2nd, two games are coming out of notable quality. Uh, Iconoclast and Sultan Sanctuary, both coming out from the Nintendo Switch, uh, both uh, games I have no idea about, so I can't really give a recommendation. Sultan Sanctuary has a lot of uh, Dark Souls-style mechanics in it. I don't know too much
2: about Iconoclast, though.
0: Great hot sell for me. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and this is probably my biggest thing, uh, it gives me very strong mixed feelings, because why well, are you aware Gold is coming out oh, on August yeah. 3rd, which would be Thursday, technically, then, for the 3DS?
2: There's something important about this game that people need to know about. What is that? that? That I didn't know about till somebody told me. So apparently, this is very important. Apparently, you can record yourself with the 3DS and redub the voice lines in the game with your own voice, which really? is very
0: important considering what you could do with that. Like you could just like start spouting vulgar nonsense and it would use it as a line. Mm-hmm. As it was told to me, you could basically redub the game. Nice as a feature. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> It just bugs me <laughs> because I love WarioWare, and I understand WarioWare originally came out on handheld consoles, the Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS, I believe, and uh, I played it on GameCube and then on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I loved it on the consoles. Playing it with the Wii Remote was the best thing ever. It was so smart the way they did things. And so, I don't know how they would do it, but I feel like the Joy Cons would be perfect for this. Yeah. No aim and sensitivity, but it's coming out for the 3DS because uh-huh. they want to keep that pillar alive, even though it needs to burn and die, just like the Vita and the Wii U. I've been saying it. Oh, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been saying <laughs> it. Go ahead. Yes. I, here I've comes another hour long section yeah, yeah. of
1: the PS Vita and how it's a national treasure and how it we is. must forever cherish it, it and is. actually remake it and launch the PS Vita XD. Do it again. No, do it again.
0: Franklin <laughs> was here today in this day and age. He might have said the turkey as the national bird but i feel like he would have attached wings to the vita and made that the bird instead
2: (laughs) more so he would have been forced by
0: me at gunpoint
2: to do that so oh
0: wow you're gonna point a gun at the guy in the hundred dollar bill huh oh yeah that's the
2: new that's the
1: new tagline peace vita cams wet dream
0: yeah so if it it makes it feel better the vita does have wings around it now because it's dead
2: no it's over there i got two two. oh what's it called so a halo theme huh and halo theme. Uh, yeah i no, 3ds should be dead that, that's all i was gonna say is i've been saying for a while 3ds should really be dead it's it's kind of an i think it's unreasonable in nintendo's part especially considering uh we did have a period where there was um not a switch game drought but people were feeling for switch games where why don't just have this one pillar i know 3ds is selling makes sense but you could
0: just have all developers make games for switch and you have so much you'd have so much i mean captain toad treasure tracker they made the right choice there it's out on both yeah yeah do that and I mean, I understand it might have been a little bit different because WarioWare requires different uh, inputs when it comes to controller use. Mm-hmm. And it would have to be completely different. Like, I understand WarioWare is probably, or sorry, WarioWare Gold is going to be touchscreen heavy, which means if you wanted to play WarioWare on the Switch, you would probably have to have it undocked.
2: Hey, but, crazy idea. You know, it'd be great and smart, and I can't believe they didn't do this. Why wasn't 1-2-Switch a WarioWare Warrior game?
0: Could have easily been. Yeah. And uh, I also want to point out that, I guess, WarioWare Gold is the second highest game to use uh, Amiibo input. So you can use the only, a, lot, the only, a
1: lot. The only thing, before we go off on another huge rant or sidetrack. I'd rather is, not either. Don't. Yeah, going. but the only thing I can yeah, think, it, think of that would stop, make sense dying. is purely because of the price point of the systems. The the 3DS or the 2DS XL is considerably cheaper than the Switch, so it makes more sense. Not more sense, but it
0: it, it can easily reach more people. If the counter it, your point it. then if you're saying the price point captain toad treasure tracker is 40 bucks both on the switch and the 3ds so oh
1: he's saying console I'm and about console point? specifically the console price point uh 3ds is cheaper than the switch
2: Oh, yeah. What I would say, though, I mean, you okay. can even get down to the 2DS being $70. But what I would say is what they're mistaken is the fact that, yes, people have um, have 3DSs. Nobody's looking to buy new ones so much right now. They're still selling well. But uh, my point more so being that the active user base of all those 3DSs is very low. Because nobody's oh, yeah. using oh, yeah. theirs more anymore. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's for Pokemon, right? Or Smash. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Switch is where they want that to be. So they should yeah. make games for that system. Because if they just, you know, expect the Switch to sell on on because it's a Switch, like I'm, they're making games for it, so they're not doing that, but please stop the 3DS, please. Or just or just <laughs> only put ports on it. You know what I mean? Like only put mm-hmm. smaller games and ports like they've been doing. Like the Bowser's um inside story, you know, that sort of thing, the remake, Mario and Luigi remakes, that's fine. But yeah, don't worry aware, don't <laughs>
0: anyways. anyways. Anyways, anyways, let's wrap it up because uh this show is is almost turning into a two hour show at this rate. But that's yeah. okay. We had fun. That's all that mattered. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah, you, I'm you're suffering. suffering. You're, yeah, it's like playing a video. Well, you're gonna you, suffer
1: you, every week, Cam. Uh, no choice. About I'm it. gonna die.
0: You I can email us Fortnite after this. <laughs> at casualmasterquest at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. <laughs> All the podcasts and gaming can be found on our YouTube channel as well as Cam and Nick's channels, which will be mentioning very soon, and we'll link uh, the main show on Twitter as often as we can. Uh, I myself, as Tyler. My name's Tyler Vidato. You can find me on Twitter at two times Tyler. Also, check me out. I was on the Delvin Cox Experience, which is a apparently top dog uh, podcast. Like uh, on iTunes, I believe it was like number five for uh, entertaining podcast. It, 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 it was huge up there. Were you and on he, last
2: week recently? Or? I was
0: on uh, about five weeks ago.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. That and he,
0: he held on to my show like <laughs> like he was afraid to release it. Like I was gonna spit fire. <laughs> And on the show, I I talk a little bit about PSVG. I talk about how I uh, came to be with Casual Master Quest. Gave us uh, quite a bit of shilling. Then I talked about our uh, wedding and honeymoon. About all the fun stuff detailed with that. Also, uh, just shilling one last time since I'm actually sober at this point. Because exactly one week ago, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Almost exactly. I uh, made a team with uh, Kevin Austin over at PSVG. We made a cool little special called The History of Nintendo talks about uh yeah as the title says the history of nintendo episode one because there is so much more we we start as far back as 1889 and we go even further back mentioning about bands of playing cards in japan because apparently gambling is bad and (laughs) you love doing bad things yeah i was gonna say you wouldn't you wouldn't know it looking at pachinko machines but yeah no kidding (laughs) nick where can we find you you can
1: find me on Twitter at LRWarrior11. Also on my Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LRWarrior11.
2: Nice. Cam? You can find me on Twitter at camcollects on Twitch on twitch.tv slash uh, My My schedule's on there. I'm not going to be long-winded. Look at that. You can also check out my other podcast at intothevideogame.com. All
0: right. Fair enough. Uh, for some reason I have it typed in here I have no idea if this is going to happen and if it doesn't I'll just edit this out but potentially we'll be doing a side quest interviewing Cam yeah so this is weird so let's
2: let's clarify this is actually good for the end here so what happened was we were talking you were drunk
0: last week yes and, uh, after the episode uh, we were back talking further. during <laughs> the last quiz I had a very small amount of Everclear in a container during which I started sipping in the ha- half last half of the show which eventually caused me to go from completely sobered to flat out drunk and afraid to admit it. And it just went downhill so quickly. I'm, I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, so Tyler then comes to me afterwards and he said he like, wanted arm to, to the interview shoulder. me. Hey, man, can I interview yeah. you? I have no idea what that means. I just reminded him because he's like, what are we doing this week? I'm like, you said while drunk you were going to interview me. So you're I don't
0: know out what that is. No. I don't
2: know what that is. It doesn't okay. have to be anything. I just that's the story. All right,
0: we'll we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know, right man.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode number twelve. Thank you for listening. Uh, you know, you can go anywhere you want, but you can't stay here in the guild hall. I'm sorry, you might have to leave soon. Uh, enjoy your last moments in the uh, not in the fire, but near the fire. I mean, in the fire if that's your thing. If yeah, that's fire. your thing. You know, with 2018, we don't can shame yeah anyways don't forget enjoy yourselves and to never stop the grind. see you guys later bye-bye love you love you love you
2: find more of our work by searching for casual master quest on itunes google play and other podcast players check out what we'll be doing next week on twitter at master quest pod